0: Robert Redford has a naughty proposal. Jack Nicholson sues Sandler's Anger and Chadwick Bozeman makes the team this week on 302010.
1: 302010, 302010. Three decades every show sometimes associated VDF. 302010, 302010. Surprises and excitement, yes, we're going to the 90s and 2000s and 2010.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to 302010, the LaserTime Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine, counting down all the wonderful miracle milestones of pop culture 30, 20, and 10 years ago from this very week. This week being April 7th through the 13th, uh, we got a lot to cover here. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista, who else, and who else is with me?
2: I'm Diana Goodman, and Rudy Giuliani just ordered me to kiss my husband?
0: <laughs> Damn it, I thought... Hope I was...
2: <laughs> you fuckers like baseball this week!
0: I, I was gonna that was my question... Is it's this
3: repeat? We have a baseball movie every
1: day. Yeah, decade.
0: did I miss it? Is this like the kickoff, the preseason, or something? Like, why it's is a,
2: opening day? I mean, it opening was opening day, day in 2023 last week, so I'm assuming yes, baseball season has started, but
0: usually those dates shift a week or two. Like, every week has a baseball thing, uh, <laughs> sometimes more than one. Uh, did we introduce ourselves? I forgot.
3: Um, JR, I spent I- I JR. JR Rawls and. I can't wait to talk about Indecent Proposal, the new scent from Calvin Klein.
0: Ah, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: that is that guy should probably be making perfume meds. Adrian Line, I learned his name is pronounced. Uh, welcome to 302010, talking about April 7th to the 13th across three decades of television, movies, music, video games, and more. Uh, April 17th to the 13th in 1993, 2003, and uh, 2013, you can... I love how you can see how much we change as a culture, except for baseball. I wonder if baseball is going to get any big movies coming up because I don't see a lot of people watching it anymore. But um, you, you it just don't has... know
2: the wrong—you did wrong you know the wrong people, man.
0: No, no, no. I, 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 I'll go into it at some point, but I have family who is just like. Annoying,
3: like 1950s level baseball fans. Uh, but, but statistically speaking, it has plummeted over yeah. the last 30 years. If you look at its ratings, if you look at its popularity, it's not doing good. Too much, too slow, and it's one of the only
0: like pro games. Like you can just get in for free. Like <laughs> it doesn't cost much. <laughs> but it's more than just baseball. There's some great horror in here, uh, erotic thrillers. But let's get into it. Starting as we always do in 1993, April 17th to the 13th. Woo! Uh, a little bit of news to bring you into the wonderful world of 1993. Thirty years ago, 450 prisoners riot at the, uh, the Southern Ohio Correctional Facility in Lucasville, Ohio. Coincidentally, uh, and continue for ten days. It uh, was started over the forced vaccination of nation of Islam prisoners, prisoners for tuberculosis specifically.
2: Yep. Ah, they, well, yeah. It's not even the inoculation. It was the test contains alcohol. Oh. And they don't like the idea that. You're going to put alcohol in me? No, that's haram. Get, I'm not doing it. Get that backing also, were, away from me. They were super overcrowded. There had been a lot of violence with the guards. And yeah, yeah then you take over a big chunk of the of the, the prison.
3: The reason they were overcrowded and not happy, even unhappier than most prisoners, is because a uh, couple of years before, a teacher at the school had her. S- throat slit by one of her student aides. Uh, Her husband sued the prison saying they didn't take appropriate security measures. So guess what? They tightened down security extra tight. Uh, This meant more crowding, worse conditions. The the prisoners were not happy about this. Uh, They ended up taking hostages. And uh, then they displayed de- their dead hostages in the yard Jeez. for a helicopter circling above to see. Uh,
0: prison, the prison system is pretty fucked. And typically, if you've seen any of those wonderful prison riot movies based on true stories, typically there's always a straw that breaks the camel's back. And it's just an ass
3: load of tumult re- leading up to a powder keg waiting to go off. Yeah. And yeah. the first people who died, uh, snitches, Oh, uh, once the uh, prisoners took over the prison, they just started executing people who they thought were giving information to the guards. Very,
0: very Lord of the Flies of them. I really wanted you to say people of tuberculosis. Those were the first people who died. <laughs> so that would make it all for nothing. Yeah, uh, yeah.
2: So, yeah five five inmates uh, or no, I think seven or eight inmates plus uh, a correctional officer were killed. Five uh, hope, uh, yeah, everyone gets more charges thrown on once they take control again. Uh, five of those folks are still on death row. One of them is wow. supposed to be executed in yeah. a couple months.
1: Tick, tick, tick. Um,
2: yeah, death row moves slow, and mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. But I, I'd like to remind everyone, the Waco siege is still going on right now. Yeah. So this kind of freaks everyone out of like, oh, my God, everything's going straight to hell. Ev- everyone is taking, it, it's sieges everywhere. It's the summer of sieges.
0: Yeah. And uh, I imagine CNN's ratings are through the roof and um, mm-hmm. more cable yeah. networks are to come. Yeah. Uh, but a little bit of escapism at the box office. How about that? Movies of 1993, April 7th to the 13th. Uh, I don't know the first movie at all, but I love Phoebe Cates, along with Eric Stoltz, Tim Roth, Bridget Fonda, and bodies, comma, rest in motion. Punctuation is very important there.
2: Yeah, so this is based <laughs> on a play and you can super tell, um, it's pretty much just, yeah, these characters are kind of like stuck at like a gas com- station. Long conversation in one place. They're going to have long conversations about, you know, their lives and loves. It got. I admit I have not watched it, but the, the criticism of the time is basically, is this what Gen X is? Is this a Gen X they're doing? Because it's just people sort of sitting around having no motivation and not knowing who they are. To which i respond yes that's exactly what gen x is <laughs> now throw in you know some some frankenberry on top of it and you got there you go <laughs> yes that's gen x
0: uh some brain yes, it's one of ones. those
2: like you know some people really like it for that nostalgia stuff but uh, of nostalgia
0: a movie i remember i did not want to see and my dad dragged me to it this is not really his type of movie again i oh whenever that happens i'm assuming npr told him something Became <laughs> not a sports fan in the slightest. Love, 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 love this movie. James Earl Jones, Dennis Leary, Karen Allen, Chauncey Lapardi, uh, Patrick Rena, uh, Mike Vitar, Tom Geary. People, it's the Sandlot.
2: I want you to make some friends this summer.
1: They were nine great kids <laughs> having one great summer. They'll become friends. Just stand
0: there and stick your glove out in the air.
1: I'll take care of it. They'll become a team. Oh, yeah. All right.
0: And one of them.
1: You're the best.
0: Will become a legend.
1: (laughs) The Sandlot. Rated PG.
0: I, I never loved being involved in organized sports, but there was a period somewhere between like 11 and 14 where just like playing neighborhood sports, half getting into trouble, half throwing a football, baseball, basketball. I'm just glad I had it, just (laughs) because it's like a perfect way to get out pubescent aggression. And I love this movie. The Sandlot is, uh, you know, it's a 1950s period piece, but it's talking about one summer in baseball uh, for a group of kids, tons of charming actors, uh, great little, uh, what do you want to call them, anecdotes, awesome barf scene.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Marcy was pretty good. Dude. So like I, I said last week, I know this is sort of a classic for 90s kids, but I never saw it. So I, I watched it with clear eyes in 2023 and was it charmed my socks off. Yeah. It was I don't know. I was expecting more little rascals, and it's just it's Christmas story in the summer. There
0: you go. Yeah, it's not even like yeah. glorifying the fifties. It's just like we have nothing to do but play baseball. Yeah. If you lose the ball, we have nothing to do.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it's about, you know, but I also like those about, you know, the new kid in the neighborhood who sucks at sports and is immediately like, I'm gonna be alone forever because I can't catch. I'm afraid of the balls coming at me. And you know, yep. the other kids make fun of them, except one of them's like, No, you need practice. Let's just practice. And you know, and he, then it's like they become they become a family.
3: This is a great movie. I highly recommend it. It's heartwarming. It gives you the feeling of friendship in youth. It's great. Now I'm going to be the nitpicking asshole. Oh, how is right. it that a boy in the 1960s does not know who Babe yeah. Ruth is? Mm-hmm. Baby how is that Ruth. possible? And it is stepdad has a ball. Like he's yeah. never yeah. talked to you, to you about this. <laughs> if your stepdad has a ball in 1962. Signed by Babe Ruth. You'd never, he's s- bringing that out at every yes. cocktail party, every occasion. He is bragging and he cannot wait to tell it to you for the 10th time. I, mm-hmm. I, I love that sequence.
0: So It just the setup when the ball goes missing. Some guy, Baby Ruth. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Even I, like Jesus Christ, kid, what the fuck did you do? Oh my God. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And I love that that kind of unexpectedly, like there's a whole section of the movie that is like a coyote roadrunner cartoon of them trying to get the ball back from the giant monster dog. Yeah that i was not expecting it to go on so long and like them creating different contraptions with like let's get hook a bunch of vacuum cleaners together let's put a kid on a rope and put him over the fence to try to go get from the, the ball from the giant dog who's taunting them the whole time he doesn't just chew up the ball and spit it out <laughs> he's like you want it you cannot have it i, I never i never
0: thought to make and the- that
2: was so cute and then when they finally like meet the dog it, it turns into like oh it's okay face your fears kids
0: and I never thought to compare it to a Christmas story, but it's just like, it's exactly like that. A, a narrator who I think is also the director and writer, and he plays the older version of himself um, mm-hmm. in, in the film, and went on to direct the second one and a bunch of shitty Beethovens. And last I heard, there's a streaming series for this coming to Disney+. Plus. I kind, kind of doubt it, if there's been no news in two
3: years, because they're kind of tightening their belts over there. But... Mm-hmm. It would be perfect, though. I mean, not every Disney Plus show has to be The Mandalorian. This would be a great, you know, low budget film. Even yeah, I mean, that's struggling. That's a and TV it's, series. Would it bother you if it was set in the eighties? No, no, because time marches forward. True,
0: and it's and yeah. it would be talking about literally what I just talked about.
2: Yeah, and it's still about you know the 80s They're still tech technology wise. They're still you got nothing to do in the summer. If you're a little kid, you yeah. got to go run around outside.
0: Yeah. And Unless, just
2: like your mom sends you to cram school or something then or camp then, you know, which is still just running around outside in a, in a different spot.
0: And sort of like, I I don't see the scenario happening where I put this on with my dad, but it like, we both dug, dug the hell out of it. It's, it's yeah. about people my age set during his childhood so it was just it's such a cool movie
3: see i i've never been a baseball fan either nope. the sport mm-hmm. or to actually play i actually like sports except baseball's just not my thing i too much waiting for me personally But there are so many good baseball movies. It's insane. I I do not get how I can enjoy watching something I don't enjoy.
0: It's a slow moving sport where nobody's face is covered in a mask, it's very easy to make a good ensemble. (laughs) Movie, exactly. In,
2: in uh, movies, they cut out all the boring bits, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but I, I can still relate to, yeah, the kid of just being like, go to the farthest end of the outfield and just hope it doesn't come to you. Please don't come to me. Please don't yeah. come to me. <laughs> yep. I, I, I remember P.E. I, I, I went so far <laughs> in the outfield. I was in a different class entirely. And when <laughs> my team had to come in. I just stayed out there and no one noticed me.
3: But this film to me is just a perfect friendship simulator it's like Mm -hmm. if you want to simulate what it was like to have a close-knit bunch of guy friends in a summer when you had no responsibility when you're all free-time millionaires Mm -hmm. this is it oh
0: community pools i still had a little bit of that in my childhood but i never had enough friends to make an entire baseball team but we tried to play anyway
2: no Yeah, and there's some fun, you know, a a lot like uh, Christmas story. There's some fun little side stories of shenanigans. Yeah, the uh, you know, tricking. (laughs) Too young to be rapey. Yeah, tricking (laughs) young Marley Shelton to to kiss you is is that kids that kid's smile is hilarious. I laughed so hard. It just like she's about to kick his ass for that, and he's still like worth it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which just that he you try that hard to get a kiss from his girl. Who can kind of kick his ass and
1: crack.
0: It's yeah, I have a ton of positive movies about the Sandlot as if I'd lived them myself. And I'm not sure that I did. There's a lot more fires in our baseball games. Uh,
2: And and here here... I was I was expecting cheesy. I don't know why cheesy or too much for little kids. And I was like, yep, I'm a grown ass adult. I am enjoying this. This makes me feel like summer. Unfortunately, I live in San Francisco so yeah summer maybe maybe late September
0: and I'm I'm sad I'm sad for the next movie because it's one of those the number one movie the box office is one of those movies I just assumed I saw via osmosis I've talked about it in podcasts (laughs) but I've never actually watched it and always thought about it and I love it like all those thoughts are like addressed in the movie and it was kind of a I, I wouldn't call it good, but like, and I, I kind of, <laughs> but it was fascinating to watch. I'm, t- I have to read the cast in, in reverse.
2: Yes, because there are so many bizarre cameos in this. Yes. That without saying what it is, I want to see how long does it take people to get it. Cause I think it's gonna be last name before you go, like, wait, those people were. In blah,
0: blah, blah. Okay. So start with Billy Bob Thornton.
2: <laughs> before he's famous. At yeah. his
0: most like disgusting redneck look. at like, holy <laughs> shit. Hair plugs and uh, exercise can do a lot for you. Uh, Rip Taylor.
2: What? Not as himself. Yes. Um, oh, don't do it. It'll ruin your he marriage. Does... No no <laughs> confetti thrown. I was shocked. This is a, a dramatic role for him.
0: Sheena Easton, <laughs> Herbie Hancock, Billy Connolly, Seymour Cassell, Oliver Platt, and Woody Harrelson, Demi Moore, and Robert Redford in Indecent Proposal.
1: From the producer and the director of Fatal Attraction. Suppose I were to offer you $1 million for one night with your wife. A provocative offer. David, I think you want me to do it. An irresistible seduction. You might enjoy it. Don't
2: bet
1: on it. An indecent proposal. It
2: was just sex, not love, just sex.
1: Robert Redford, Demi Moore, Woody Harrelson. Indecent proposal, rated R.
0: Starts Wednesday, April 7th. This is the week I found out Sade is a band and not (laughs) just a person.
1: What? That's the name of the
0: band.
3: It's also the name of the lead singer. I don't believe it. Huh. Yes. So let me ask, what percent of the audience do you think came to see this movie because of the ad in which Demi Moore Scrooge McDuck's in a waterbed? (laughs) 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 Because that was big at the time. It was her rolling around naked in money. And money is filthy, people. It is like the most gross disgust. Just think of this. Think of the dollar bill in your wallet. Now think, when was the last time you washed that? Yeah. Oh, never? Okay, so no one's ever washed this. It's just gone from person to person, and it's utterly filthy. Yeah, put your naked body on that. Mm
0: -mm. I had had a lady friend that decided to do that after I came home from a particularly good night of Chinese food delivery. Mostly a lot of ones, but it was like a big stack of cash. It's like, I want to roll around in it naked, which is like instantly. This smells funny. And all of it different. Like, yeah, I didn't recommend that you do this, (laughs) but maybe you'll make it smell better. In decent... I thought I knew what this movie was about because I just thought, like, I've seen the trailers and the parodies and... Yeah, I'd been up late at night on h trolling this HBO, penis in hand, waiting for some nudity, but not really paying attention to the plot <laughs> as a young teenager. There's almost no nudity in this. Yeah, there I really mean, is a- No,
2: there's two sex scenes and basically no nudity. Yeah, yeah. apparently Demi, Demi I, you, Moore you had, some
0: had some editorial control over that and, yep. and, and exercised that. Uh, but I, I just remember thinking, like, what a fucking sociopath. You're a millionaire. Buy an escort go to any club in a tuxedo, you're Robert Redford. Why this? What? And like, <laughs> oh, that's part of his deal. Like, yeah, he is that's a, why. He's an absolute psycho. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, cool.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's so funny that it's like, you know, this whole movie is sold on like, what would you do? You know, would you prostitute yourself for a million dollars? Which the vast majority of people would say, yes! yeah.
3: You can fuck of my
0: cat, my will. mom, my rabbi for a million dollars. That's
3: when, okay. When I watch this movie, I was totally on team. Do it for a million dollars. Okay. Yeah. I'm 15 years into my marriage at this point. I don't know if I do it now. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's worth that risk. Let let me ask you something. Sounds like we're paying you too much. (laughs) (laughs) Have either of you had a partner who had sex with your consent with someone else? No. I'm thinking. Um.
2: No, not not if you put it that way. Not not a true partner. There's like you know someone I'm seeing, but we're not exclusive yet.
3: There's that. Yeah, there's that. But that's not what's happening in this film. So, uh in my early twenties, I had a poly relationship, and at the time, I thought, "Hey, I can handle this. This isn't a big deal," and we were actually exclusive for six months even though she was like a total poly evangelist it was just awesome it was her thing that's what she believed in she didn't feel the need to do it with me for the first six months and then she did and all these feelings just bubbled up inside of me and i couldn't handle the drama as a 22 year old Mm -hmm. i don't know if i'd be willing to risk my marriage for a million dollars and have all that bubbly feeling i would philip yeah <laughs>
0: I would. Yeah. no honestly
2: i mean so actually let's talk about the movie in itself a little bit i the movie itself i find pretty sloppy in yes. this it's got a lot of voiceover to catch you up to where two narrators are, is <clears throat> i i don't have just a blanket rule against narration but when you are telling what you could be showing. They're a young couple in love. You don't need to narrate that. Yeah, you're they, having you hard times. I, I don't know why and you then, keep and telling and then us you're having hard times. And yeah. then their answer to their money problems is let's go to Vegas. Well, now I know oh. you guys are idiots. idiots.
3: You, this this is the dumbest thing ever. It's like, uh, I've only got enough money in this paycheck to last me uh, three weeks instead of four. I know. I'll spend it all on lottery tickets. You idiot i
0: feel attacked yeah. but uh i'll allow it but it was yeah. it was then, it was more because like go I...
2: and they're doing well but they're they're doing well in vegas for a bit at craps which is a game it's very easy to lose all your money on and then they go back trying to do better at roulette which is the suckerest yep. sucker game i think there's there's no skill in Poke, poker like, and blackjack blackjack I've it, poker and blackjack Why? are the only
0: things I've won a bunch of money in poker takes forever to do Patience. enjoy your free drinks, craps like a Harvard math guy at a bachelor party taught us how to like play it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of mod- like yeah. uh, conservatively. And just like, it was cliched. Like everyone's cheering and slapping each other on the back and winning mad money paid for mm-hmm. two trips to Tahoe, just on a visit to the casino at a craps table. And forgot how to play. I've
2: also, I really love playing craps, uh, even though I've only come out ahead, like maybe, maybe 20% of the time.
3: I I learned to play craps on the set of Guys and Dolls. What? And (laughs) it's always stuck in my memory. And it's my favorite game by far, just because I love those memories but I don't actually gamble because the first time I gambled I had the worst experience you can ever have Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: I was on a cruise international waters you're allowed to gamble I think I was like 15 Mm. and (laughs) I won big like for a 15 year old I made some serious money okay I was like what are we talking about here uh, Get, put a figure to it uh, okay at 15 it's like 1993 I think I made like 700 dollars that's incredible like nice. I, don't, I don't think I've ever made that much in the casino at a and table, so. I was like gambling's awesome why don't I do this all the time Uh-oh. Uh,
2: no. guess yeah. what happened yeah
3: yeah yeah and then it's, I was like
2: it's all gone was it all gone and then more so
3: and then more so
2: Yep. no, no. I I, yep
3: yet. yep. All gone and more so. And then I was like, you know what? I hate to lose more than I like to win. So (laughs) I'm not sure I've gambled as much money in the entire 30 years since then as I did that one night. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I.
2: No, I. I have a budget and I keep. I keep to it. Me and too. I assume this money's gone. It might be, you know, a couple hundred bucks tops I'm hang, really feeling. Let's go crazy.
0: Try and hang and around and drink top shelf whiskey. Time,
2: <laughs> yeah, getting his, getting the free drinks and yeah, when it's gone, like I just assume it's already gone. And then when it's gone, I don't yep. feel so bad. And then if I'm up like double, that's usually the point. I'm like, okay, cool. If i
0: double, I cash out and leave, and the, everything is yeah. play money. And
2: but exactly, but these fucking morons, these morons are going for fifty Gs.
0: But I'm telling, you, I was and of m- I was more. They're
2: f- not going to get there. I
0: was more fascinated because I think we all kind of knew they slept together. They end up sleeping together, but like, I I didn't b- imagine Oliver Platt lawyer scene as their brokering so the million dollars for fucking his
3: wife will go here. Like, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> like he really yeah. that was the best scene in the movie, yeah. honestly. And yeah. you know there are areas of nevada where prostitution is legal not vegas actually not vegas nope. city but nope. uh, little little counties near it uh the chicken ranch or whatever so that could have happened you could have a lawyer go to one of those counties and sign it up and everything
2: i mean the, the question is how do you declare this on your taxes
3: <laughs> i believe you can declare it in those counties you say i made a million dollars being a hooker, I'm
2: an
0: or entertainer. Sex right.
2: Yeah, and the feds are gonna take half of it.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. or so or,
0: of or of by fun. the time you get home to get your house out of foreclosure, Robert Redford has bought all your property and is fucking haunting but, you.
2: See, there's Diana. the movie I I want to see is that I'm being stalked by a billionaire. Let's do yeah. Fifty Shades with Ooh. Scary.
1: Oh, that's terrifying. brilliant.
2: What because would you do? It's fucking terrifying. If you're a schmo that lives paycheck to paycheck and this billionaire start showing up at your work, starts showing up at your house. He's he's bought let's say he buys your apartment building and he and, and, and you can't get rid of him and he's never threatening you so the cops aren't going to do anything.
0: Yeah, that You was... can't get
2: a training order for a guy being nice to you and he has nothing but time and resources. That is so scary. <laughs>
3: Okay, crunching the numbers here, Diana. If you have a million dollars income, your tax rate as a single person is gonna be three hundred and thirty-two thousand. So you're gonna be taking home six hundred and seventy thousand. Let's I just spit it. on but that. It's nineteen ninety-three, <laughs> which means you double that. So mm. really you'd be taking home around one point three million dollars in modern day cash. Yeah. Yes, I'd That's... still do it. I'd fuck
0: I'd anything.
2: I'd still do it. In fact, I'm I'm glad that there is the negotiating with the lawyer scene because that's prob- that would be my number one thing of like, I get extra money if I'm permanently injured. We're going to talk about consent, what I consent to, what I don't consent to. Um, if I don't come home, <laughs> you have to pay my husband $5 million and then turn yourself into jail.
0: Yeah, that was <laughs> because awesome.
2: Because this guy must be some kind of power tripping psycho. And how do I know he's not actually a serial killer? And it's not going to be an entire evening of me getting things jammed under my fingernails.
0: I do wonder if the roles should have been reversed. Because like, every time you see a clip of Robert Mm. Redford in this, he's very charming and very well-dressed. And Woody Harrelson could convey charm and menace in a way I don't think Robert Redford can.
3: If you remake this movie, yeah, the billionaire should offer the straight husband a million dollars for a night to have sex with them yeah make yeah, that movie what's... have all those feelings come up i'm not gay i don't have a problem with gay people but it's a million dollars and then have the couple just experience a lot of drama because of that
2: yeah, there's so much, even more drama there. The thought of like, well, the, your experience with that guy is something that I, your wife, can never give you. So now I feel inadequate and jealous. Mm-hmm. And oh, I think we've just come up with like two or three better movies than a decent proposal, which is like, it's okay. It takes too long to oh. get going, and. Yeah, I don't think it's it's okay. I think this
3: is a straight-up bad movie. Swept (laughs) the Razzies; it won worst screenplay, worst supporting actor with Woody Harrison, and worst picture.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, Yeah,
3: made over two hundred fifty million dollars.
2: Yeah, no, there's a good movie in here. There's because of the premise. Yeah, the premise is good.
3: Yeah, everyone in 1993 was talking about this. I was 14, and I remember the playground asking. Would you let your wife, 14 year old, sleep with a man for a million dollars? What do you think, 14 year old kids?
0: I think that was a
3: discussion we had.
0: I said, I'm going to be single at 43, so I won't, that won't be an option (laughs) for me.
1: (laughs) Uh, I got no,
2: I got no problem with me doing it. I got no problem with my husband doing it. I'll watch. I don't fucking care. That's a million (laughs) dollars and it's just sex. Yeah. It's just, I'm sorry. It's so, just, it's a life
0: changing amount of money. For... I'm just
3: saying until it actually happens, you don't know how you'll feel.
2: True.
1: And that, so that
3: is it's true. utterly possible. It could mean nothing to both of you. It's also mm-hmm. possible it would. Then what do you do then? You know, yeah. that's the X factor. That's what you're actually taking the risk on. If how you think you feel is correct. And life has taught me that how I think I'll feel with a big event that I've never experienced before.
1: Mm. I don't
3: really have a great track track record at that.
0: I, and I do want to give the movie a little credit because like the thing they were trying to save was their dream home. And the uh, fact that they failed
3: at that and still went through with it compounds those issues. I but uh, that's another thing I have. I mean, okay, you lost a dream home, but when the bank repossesses it, you don't lose a hundred percent of your money. You get something out of it, oh, that's and great you've to know. got a million dollars. Go yeah. down, find a different one. You guys were yeah. broke before this. You had zero cash. Now you have a million in capital. You could get a nice apartment apartment complex somewhere yeah. in nineteen ninety three for a million and start getting some passive income.
2: Or how about? The, the dream home is like half built, but it seems to be in a pretty open area of Santa, Santa Monica, which no, 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 there, no. But in 1993,
3: though, door.
2: buy the lot yeah. next door and start over.
3: OK,
0: yeah, <laughs> there you
2: go. The, the house is half finished. Just build another one.
0: Yeah, don't have to move <laughs> the materials, but it is a proposal. Yeah, instead,
2: we- just throw throw the money away because the money is so tainted. And what's true is love.
0: I am There's very millions. I'm, I'm very love. glad I finally watched it's dumb. Most of Indecent Proposal. It was more fascinating than I thought. It's not a good movie
3: and it's difficult to recommend, yeah. but I'm glad I watched it. My no, final complaint about this movie. I don't think this movie knows that Robert Redford is a huge creep. I think yeah. this movie <laughs> keeps yeah. wanting to be Robert Redford. He's a suave guy. He's doing something a little weird here, but he's a nice guy. You like him, don't you? No movie. No, I don't. This is, I don't like single white billionaire. Like I don't at, <laughs> <laughs> at
0: all.
3: Boom. Okay,
1: there Chris, can I have your permission there, to yeah.
3: use that as my title for my thriller yes. about a stalking billionaire? Yeah. yeah go single,
2: for single billionaire. White billionaire. Uh, Boom. I love it. No, I'm not going to recommend it. I'm just I'm extra bummed oh. because. I hate recommending other podcasts, but you must remember this is back doing erotic films of the nineties and they haven't caught up to us yet. And I was like, oh, I'm dying to hear what they have to say about indecent proposal, because this is one of, one of the big ones. I feel like basic instinct was definitely the the high point in the wave of the erotic thriller, yeah. but we still get a bunch more in the nineties. Oh, they're going to be common
3: and they're going to be coming and it's, it's eh. going to be die hard eh. on an erotic thriller from here on out. <laughs>
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> a decent proposal. Light recommend from me, maybe nah, not from everybody else. I
1: can't. Uh, yeah, Two it's
3: thumbs down for me. It's
0: not even no. a bad movie. Not, not even a fun good, bad, bad movie. movie. Um, all right, and then moving on to television, 1993, April 7th through uh, the 13th, we have a Steven Spielberg produced TV movie. I've never heard of Class of '61.
3: This should be remade as a giant, big-budget film. This is Mm -hmm. uh, such—not film, TV series, uh, prestige Mm -hmm. television series. This is such an amazing concept. It's the class of 61 at the U.S. Military Academy,
1: 1861. Oh.
3: Mm -hmm. The nation is about to go to Civil War, and all these students are trying to graduate while the nation is falling apart around them.
0: I was going to say, why, Holy why was JR so into that? this? If it was 1961, I don't think he'd be saying this. Okay. No, no, but
3: 1861, that's a great concept, and I, I wish we had some great high-prestige uh, Civil War television show. I don't know any that are really up there, but there's so much you could do with it. You could show all the viewpoints, you know, have a white northerner, have a white southerner, have a free b- black in the north, a slave- enslaved black in the south, have a Native American in the west who ha- suddenly has all the federal troops moved away. I mean, yeah. there's a lot you could do with it with different viewpoints and have them all come together at some battle. Yeah, I,
2: I don't like... Sounds- Pretty cool. The The thing that jumped out to me about this is it's produced by Steven Spielberg. He hired a cinematographer for this based on seeing him make another TV movie. and was like, hey, that guy was pretty good. Hires him for this. He does such a good job. Spielberg never works with anyone ever again. It's Janusz <laughs> Kaminski who has shot every single wow. Steven Spielberg film since Schindler's List. That's 20 movies in 30 years. That's... Yeah, it- he loves that man. And, and he, it, th- he first worked with him on Class of 61.
0: I'm surprised I never heard more about this because Spielberg hadn't wasted all his good name on shitty television stuff at this point. It's been like amazing stories and this. And yeah. not never not taken and all this, all this other weird shit that I, oh, Spielberg, this sucks. This <clears throat> sucks. Uh, man, and then more baseball. Uh, if you Google this, It'll be it'll be hard to Google unless you put in a date. A League of Their Own, the series debuts on CBS a year after <laughs> exactly. Steve or <laughs> other dog.
2: If it doesn't have Gina Davis, you can fuck yourself.
0: <laughs> uh, a year,
3: dogs <laughs> hate this adaption. Uh, hate
0: yeah, a year. Like I, I watched. There's some of it on YouTube. I love. It is commercially available if you buy the 4K Columbia Classics box set. And the episodes are included as a special feature on the move, on the movie. And I I'm don't wondering. know,
3: even if you were a huge League of Their Own fan, which I am. I think it's a great movie. I think it's one
0: of the best movies ever.
3: I, I couldn't get through one episode for this it's show. It's so just like,
0: fucking cheap. It's one of the cheapest looking things I've ever seen. And there's a new Amazon, newish Amazon show that mm-hmm. tackles ridiculous, like way more better issues. And, and it, it does way better with comedy and drama. Uh, in this scenario. This I thought was awful and the poor Sam McMurray having to replace goddamn Tom Hanks and then a bunch of other people I don't know at all. But is yeah,
2: it a couple from the movie and Carrie Lowell taking over for Gina Davis, which is like oh she's so little compared to I mean Gina Davis is an Amazon.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. <And laughs> is this clip what I think it is? Does another yeah, character they his Only role? returning character from the movie. Is in this clip.
1: Well, don't feel ashamed. You should see mine.
3: Uh, listen, Jonas and uh Hester, whatever your names are. Dottie and I have some business to discuss, so why don't you two climb on the old buckboard and make a night of it, okay? Ah,
0: doesn't compare to the give the wife the old pickle tickle line. I I love John Lovitz more than I love certain family members. But I feel like his his role in a league of their own is like. The perfect John Lovitz role. Just yeah. everything he yeah. does well in cool. SNL in a respectable movie, doing what he does best in a respectable part. I love happiness. Uh I, I, I but I, I yeah, this is like yeah. I can't believe it. It is kind of the high point for John Lovitz, this this character. Uh love John Lovitz. Ah.
1: Ah.
2: Oh yeah. This is they keep doing this, man. They keep making TV shows out of movies. Hey, hey you and... just
0: made me watch the last episode of *Mash*. You can't, you can't. I
2: know. That's like it works so rarely. We just talked like about *Hannibal*. Every one good one. Um, There's like forty. They're just true. like well, you've taken everything I liked about it and ruined it. Why are you doing this? We
0: just recommended *Bates Motel* and *Hannibal*. Don't be so down on the idea. Good point.
2: All right. Good well, point. I- yeah. Maybe it's sitcoms. Maybe the problem is sitcoms.
0: I think that probably is more of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But the last six episodes is not very well remembered, largely forgotten. Uh, yeah. A movie I remember, tro- like, this movie looks, sounds amazing. I'll watch this late night on HBO. And it, The Positively True Adventures of the Alleged Texas Cheerleader Murdering Mom, starring Holly <laughs> Hunter, Bo Bridges, and Swoozy Kurtz. And I could never get
3: into it. <laughs>
1: No, so I, uh, I
3: actually watched it for this. This was yeah. uh rated uh the second best TV movie of all time what? by uh, Matt Zole. Oh, if Matt yeah. says it, then. yeah.
2: Matt, Matt Zoller Sites.
3: Yes, sorry.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a TV critic. I, I like quite a bit. Yeah. I think they said Duel was number one.
3: Duel <laughs> was number <Spielberg> one. Was <laughs> it Spielberg?
2: It's a fucking great movie, but yeah, I, this is a weird one for me. Cause it's one of those things where I have memory for, I, I have a memory of it and I just assume things that I vaguely remember from 30 years ago, my opinions are probably wrong. And then when I look up and see like, Oh no, I, I, I was right. That this is like a really good black comedy. It's directed by Michael Ritchie who did the candidate and bad news bears and Fletch. Hmm. He's got a really acidic sense of humor and they're, taking this tabloid-ass story and making a tabloid-ass TV movie about it, including scenes of them all trying to sell their stories to Hollywood and being tabloidy about it. This sounds Mm. really good. And I looked it up. Not on HBO anymore, but YouTube for free.
3: Free on YouTube. Uh, HBO is just like, well, let's just... Put all of our stuff on YouTube that we can't legally produce. I mean, I'm sure it's not them putting it, no, but they're not making slide. the slightest bit of effort to take it down. So uh, it's, as we talked it's about, kind of the same.
0: The HBO original movie for a very long time was a movie, usually a movie having trouble with theatrical distribution that HBO licensed, and uh, they don't own it. And usually that means the company that made it isn't around anymore to enforce <laughs> YouTube laws. So. <laughs> Uh yep. yeah.
2: But but it's fun cuz this was a story from a couple of years before that obviously is tabloid fodder like nobody's business, you know, a a mom in Texas tried to hire a hitman to kill the rival mother of the the, the mother of her middle school daughter's cheerleading rival. Wow. It's not even high school cheerleading. It's middle, middle school school?
0: How good could you but be?
2: It's fucking Texas. So she's like, oh, that girl got the spot. That should go to my daughter. If I get her mom killed, she'll be too despondent to keep cheerleading. And then my daughter will get the spot. <laughs> wow.
3: And uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, this it. has been made and referenced again and again. There's this movie, uh, oh. and then there's the... 1992 ABC film with Leslie Ann Warren. There's uh, Mother Love, Deadly Love, a book about it from 1994. There's Momsters, When Moms Go Bad, season (laughs) one, episode one. That's the next best name. Next to Mant. (laughs) 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 Law & Order Season 2 Episode 20 references Law & Order Special Victims Season 18 Episode 11 Law & Order Criminal Attent Season 7 Episode 15 Please note we are no longer (laughs) Yeah Yeah Uh, That's is that a record for Law & Order? Has any other true story been worked into so many Law & Order episodes? Because that's three. I, w-
0: I That's
2: pretty good. I've
0: only seen like 20 episodes of the show, but if they didn't have like a multi-season long O.J. arc, then they are just dropped the ball.
2: Oh, no, they've ha- They've had variations on O.J. like 100 times.
0: I know, but it just wow. took It took <gasps> so long, and they it's all I to think about.
2: They don't have arcs on Law & Order. No, uh, well, de- not no. even SVU. No, it wraps up and you're done right. Every now and then they refer to something that happened Two seasons ago, but that's it It's nope. old school Arts. television
0: uh, do we No, want, we wanna...
2: everything is completely Self-contained we Anyway, wanna... positively true adventures of the alleged Texas cheerleader murdering mom Who, I did not realize her the, the, Where the story ends up And that, yeah, obviously she's arrested for um, Soliciting capital murder She only did six months And then six got nine months and, Nine and a half years probation wow and apparently didn't fuck up again and so she was fine (laughs) couldn't find gone
3: off the grid people by the way she does not have social media she does not give interviews she doesn't do anything just
0: licenses her story to dick wolf over and over again (laughs) no
2: no you see they have that card that tells you it's not based on a true story Ah, and so it must not be
3: Remember that clip in The Simpsons where they make the life story of Bart the criminal and then they say, I don't well, change they changed me. enough of it that they don't have to pay us money. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's what <laughs> Law <and> & Order does.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: All right, all right. And then uh, moving on
0: to games of 1993. Got a bunch of crop of Super Nintendo games. I'll save the best for last. Uh, I want to uh, spotlight the Terminator for Super Nintendo. Um,
3: okay. You cannot shoot the ground and you cannot shoot up, and there's enemies on the ground. Ugh. I do not understand why a game would give you enemies on the ground and a gun that you cannot shoot them with. Contra is like <laughs> seven years old at this point. Yeah, Just copy Contra. That's it. And he's, he's literally a
0: killing robot, so what do they give him, like a badass jump? Arnold goes, wow, wow, every time he <laughs> goombas over something. Uh, and, then, and then finally we can bring this up. One of one of the weirdest, worst movies we ever talked about, Toys, which is dripping with an anti-video game message, gets a video <laughs> game for the Super Nintendo,
3: and makes oh, its, its case, it's terrible. It's a horrible game. There's going to be more of these. Yeah. Toys, the movie about how horrible video games are, gets a video game in almost every system. Yep. Thank you, Ocean, for
0: fuck's sake. Um, Vegas Stakes for Super Nintendo. Never played a casino game
3: in an old school system. This is the first game I cheated at with emulation. When emulation was coming at, I just went, hey, I remember those uh, gambling games. I rented one once, and I did horrible, and I never rented again. I wonder what it's like with an emulator. (laughs) Fucking boring, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I lost. Let me reload. Oh, oh, but if you could only is, bring those powers
0: in real life, I bet on uh, black. If only. Uh, and and I, I, we did a video game apocalypse about the most worthless games on every console. And the, when you go back super retro, these fucking Vegas mini games are always like the least valuable games on any platform.
3: Yeah. Who'd want it? <laughs>
0: yeah. Who, who on earth would want this?
3: Uh, I could say the same about Yoshi's Cookie. It's no. Uh, f- Shots fired. No, this no, is no. Better than <laughs> Doctor Mario. I think this is the best puzzle. G- <laughs> you need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's a, it's a, it was a waste of a franchise. And Yoshi was so huge. It's called Yoshi's Cookie, and like, where's
0: Yoshi in this?
3: I don't know. We've had a bunch of Yoshi's games since Yoshi. I like Island the Yoshi puzzle game better than this. I I don't know what to tell you. I think uh, this is the best puzzle game Nintendo has ever made. You are totally out of line. They made, they popularized Tetris for fuck's sake. They did not make Tetris. They They
0: popularized Tetris. They didn't make it. Yeah, but they sold the most copies for like the first twenty years. Literally built a platform off of it. (laughs) Uh, Came with a Game Boy,
3: and uh, and and Planet Puzzle League. You know who my favorite uh, movie maker is? Who's that? Uh, My local cinema. Because they show all the movies. So obviously they make great movies. Right?
0: I see your metaphor and I swat it to the ground. Uh, Tetris is for a genera- multiple generations synonymous with Nintendo. Come on, it came with the system that sold te- 100 million copies. Uh, it, but fine, I'll, I'll, I'll go replay it this week. We'll readdress it next week in an hour long Patreon only episode. Patreon.com slash laser time. I forgot to plug our uh, War Games episode. Phenomenal film uh, for an 80s in-depth episode. And then lastly, Lost Vikings, the weird Blizzard series that has never, I think, comes back once more, but they've never let the characters go. The characters make multiple appearances in multiple Blizzard games. Blizzard Diana being the Diablo uh, StarCraft, WarCraft company.
1: Right.
3: So obviously they never did anything that topped the last...
0: No, 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 no. But just in terms of like, I don't... Dude, I, I, I may have played like a Warcraft for like an evening I've never played Diablo never played Starcraft it just haven't done it uh, but the Lost Vikings make an appearance in a lot of these games <laughs> as either like uh, care- playable characters and the Lost Vikings is just this charming little platformer game where you play as three, dwar- three, three little Vikings all with different powers but you play as all three of them at once
3: one <laughs> can jump, one can use the sword and one can use a shield and that's it and you have to solve puzzle after puzzle with those combinations. And it's, it's another one of those games where you feel incredibly smart when you beat puzzles designed to be beat by eight-year-olds <laughs> and incredibly <laughs> stupid when you cannot.
0: I mean give give yourself some credit these people would go into like redefined strategy real time strategy systems and probably had some of that it wasn't exactly blizzard's what do they make a justice league final fight game it it's it, it, it's interesting to see where blizzard came from and uh, i think you can still get the lost vikings um, on either on no well, i guess it wouldn't be on steam but like it's i thought you could still play it somehow um, through through whatever blizzard services battle.net uh and then let's get into books. Um books, there's some book news this week, big book news. Uh for the foundation by Isaac Asimov. Excuse me.
3: Yep. This is the very last Isaac Asimov uh book of all time. Um he dead already. <laughs> he's dead, but because he wrote so much, he uh published more books after he died than Harper Lee published in their entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Just one more robot rule. Don't fuck guess. Up. Guess how many books, if you include books he edited and you know uh, worked on. Guess how many books he wrote or edited in his Gosh, entire life. Oh, uh,
0: bonus.
2: oh, hundreds. Give me a number. Four hundred.
3: Seven hundred, like your gambling winnings. Five hundred books. Jesus, Damn. there, there are so many people who have not read five hundred books in their lives, and he wrote. I'm still working on the one. My God, hundred books.
1: All Jesus, great. that guy. They
3: all got to be great. But, but yeah, this is the last book in the Foundation series, probably his most famous work. It's a prequel. It's showing oh. us how the young ish. Harry Seldon starts the foundation. Mm. And it's, it's one of the great ironies of literature that uh, Asimov, as a very young man, wrote about Harry Seldon as a old man, and Isaac Asimov, as a very old man, wrote about Harry Seldon as <laughs> a young man.
0: What? Who posh- posthumously publishes a prequel? <laughs> How cruel! <laughs> we yeah. wanted to wrap up the story.
2: Never. I mean, mind. It's a it's a sequel to an earlier prequel.
0: Oh Jesus <laughs> Christ! But it's
2: a prequel to the Foundation. Is this
0: Mandalorian series. episodes. Good lord. Yeah,
2: it's it's confusing that way. Um Also, I just looked up to see. Oh, they are making a second season of the Foundation series on Apple Plus, which oh, is actually pretty dang good. Really. i give it my seal of
3: okayness. I I think this series is unadaptable. I think they did as good a job as they could, but I think the fundamental nature of the foundation series does not lend itself to the visual format of a TV series or a movie or anything but books.
2: Yep. Now I admit I've only read the first book, but yeah, the show is like, well, you're you're running with the ideas, and that's yeah. the thing that you got to do.
3: True, uh, but yeah, yeah, this specific book it has some of Asimov's best characters. I th- think even his fans will admit that he was always more of an idea man, mm. uh, more than a character man. But like many writers, he gains a little more skills as he age, and you can really see him developing Harry Seldon as a real character in the prequels, whereas in the original series, he was just a device, a nothing.
1: Mm. Yeah,
0: I will take your word for it. As uh, Someone hasn't read anything this uh, month that doesn't have the Ninja Turtles in it. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of artworks that cannot be adapted in other mediums, Informer by Snow is still number one as we get in the music of Snow! April 7th to the 13th can't get my Informer streaming series off the ground. I just can't. Uh, but other new music releases from uh, 30 years ago this week include uh, In Concert slash MTV Unplugged by Bruce Springsteen. Nope. What Plugged. Pla- MTV Plugged.
2: Plugged. They made a big deal. They're like, Bruce Springsteen's on MTV Unplugged. He played like one acoustic song and then they just said, it's MTV Plugged.
0: Yeah, well, I have nine guitarists on stage of, with you. You're, you yeah, that,
2: that was a joke. It's like, that's not what he wants to do. I mean, he does that now, but back 30 years ago. He was like, no, I rock out. Shut
0: up. We got San Francisco Days by Chris Isaac, Taxi by Brian Ferry, and Waiting for You by Gordon Lightfoot. We will take you out of 1993 with San Francisco Days by Chris Isaac. But do not go anywhere. We're going to zip 10 years into the future and talk about 2003. Don't move.
1: You know what I'm thinking of. San Francisco days, San Francisco nights I met a girl in Mexico, and should have told her then I know That I still think of you, we never will be through San Francisco days, San Francisco nights oh, yeah. I still keep my
0: Coming in with uh, Lights Out by Lisa Marie Presley. Miss ja- Sorry, Miss Jackson, but your song sucks. Uh, off her debut album, To Whom It May Concern. Um,
2: it's fine.
0: I call but, it uh, Sierra know, Miss Sierra Miss Cheryl Crow. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Cheryl yeah it, it's fine. I mean, if I were her, I probably never would have gone into music. But yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot on you, you know? You already made enough I money appreciate- off the of music. I- yeah, I appreciate she didn't do that as like, you know, a youngster. Mm. But, you yeah. know, I'm sure there's a lot of music in her life and so yeah.
0: Well, confusingly, Lisa Marie Presley means we're in two thousand three, April seventh to thirteenth, and other new music releases include Rainy Day Music by the Jayhawks, Revolutions per Minute by Rise Against. I feel like Rise Against has a fucking album out in every segment we do. Uh, oh. The se- The Senior by Genuine, uh Summer Sun by Yola Tango, Thick Freakness by The Black Keys, World Without That's Tears. A but- good one. World Without Tears by Lucinda Williams And Club by 50 Cent is still number one um, Got a bunch of news To let you know what's going on 20 years ago this week uh, Pulitzer Prize for Fiction goes to Middlesex By uh, Jeffrey Eugenides I don't know how to say that And I've had this book on my shelf for decades Literally this week Multiple decades Pulitzer Prize for Drama goes to Anna in the Tropics by Nilo Cruz Easy name to pronounce uh, good for good for them. Uh, Russell Crowe this week marries singer Danielle Spencer. They sadly divorce 15 years later, uh, leading to his holding his auction for a mem- memorabilia called "The Art of the Divorce." I believe that's why that uh, Cinderella Man underwear resides in the last blockbuster in Alaska.
2: Yep, exactly. Woo! I, just, I love the art of divorce. The cover of it is so great—just him, like with a whiskey. Yes. I'm going to divorce as classy as possible to give that bitch all my money. I mean, just think if
0: you had, like... And, you know, Mr. Diana Goodman and myself have a ton of trash lying around that is probably worth more than trash should be. But, like, that dude was sitting on, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars and just props
3: and costumes. black. Yeah. I, I do not understand how you regularly make... Twenty million dollars a year and end up going yep. broke, okay? I do not understand it. Invest half of your money and you can still live like a king. Yep. You can still get servants to do everything for you. You can still live in a giant mansion for 10 million dollars a year. I don't get why you can't just invest half into real estate. I did want to sell life. me
0: fourth beach house, mate. I gotta <laughs> got tighten yeah, me belt.
2: Whatever. Yeah, I guess she's getting like a, a payout instead of a monthly i don't know and yeah whatever it is like yeah he can just go through his closet sign every script you have in there and there you go you got a couple grand right there
0: and finally in the, in the news this week baghdad falls to u.s forces ending the invasion of iraq forever but oh. result but resulting yeah, in this a is... widespread looting and oh, priceless God. artifacts this being is done. also
3: oh. the famous statue being oh. yep torn down the statue of saddam being torn down that was a big visual you yeah. know Mm -hmm. I didn't read too much
0: into it because they bombed the shit out of all these houses they thought Saddam and his kids were in and didn't find out for a while that nope they were not there
2: Nope, and yeah it's bad Uh, a couple thousand Iraqi forces are killed meme wise we get Baghdad Bob out of this the head of the information ministry saying that the infidels are committing suicide on the walls of Baghdad everything's going great for us (laughs) of course it was not and, uh, yeah, the National Museum of Iraq getting looted, I feel like, is its own variety of a war crime. But it was yeah. being done by Iraqis. They looted the shit out of everything. And I kind of don't blame them. I'm just like, we right. are so fucked right now. Mm-hmm. I am getting whatever I can get. And if you want to see some of the stuff that was looted from the National Museum of Iraq, go to the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. The Sponsored by the Hobby Lobby family. What? Oh yes. They... they they were found to be trafficking in stolen artifacts from Iraq. Repeatedly. Oh. Yeah, don't don't shop at hobby lobby them, them. people's crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: I've only bought one thing from there and it's a R2D2 popcorn popper for 60% no. off. I, I can't say I regret it, but I I feel bad about it.
2: Well, you're funding the looting of antiquities. God damn so it. Indiana Jones <laughs> is going to kick your ass Two for that. Years ago. That's his job.
3: Uh-oh. Oh, um... no, he puts them in the museum. He
0: doesn't well, take so, them from the museum.
2: So did the Hobby Lobby people. They just put it in a different museum. But
0: only they can look at what their riches and yeah. non-birth control have. Moving on to the movies of 2003, April 7th through the 13th.
2: Man, I, I can't... That's a weird assortment.
0: It <laughs> really is. Something for everybody. No. Um, the theatrical uh, di- directorial debut of Rob Zombie. Mm-hmm. And uh starring Chris Hardwick, Karen Black, Rain Wilson, Walton Goggins, <laughs> Sherry Moon—Sherry Moon zombies in this? I'm just another kidding.
2: cast. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Aaron
0: Daniels, Bill Mosley, and Sid—the uh, uh, late Sid Haig. He's the last time I watched this film, so I prefer the Devil's Rejects. But this is a competent, low-budget trash scare, like. Scary movie, it's just never going to be one of my
3: favorites. I I don't get it, okay? As far as I know, this is the first Rob Zombie film I've ever watched. I Mm. haven't been part of his audience, so I watched it for this. There's no characters in this film. I mean, I obviously recognize Dwight from The Office, (laughs) but other than that, none of these people... Sir Walton
0: Goggins, Cletus Van Damme? (laughs)
2: they're not heroes all the characters named after Groucho Marx characters the Firefly family Mm -hmm.
3: there's no heroes there's not protagonist the victims are props and only Mm -hmm. props and we see our props get killed and then we see the cheerleaders whose only purpose is to writhe around naked and then be killed get killed and, you know, in most movies, I guess, I guess in this movie, the character or protagonist are actually the bad guys, but we don't see anything really happen to them. And there's no comeuppance or there's no like, oh, they're going to victory there. There's no movie. Here. There's three more movies <laughs> <laughs> with all these people in it.
1: Yeah, uh, I
2: know. That's what, uh, I don't even said this is House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, is, sorry, like, House first, of a Thousand Corpses. The first in the in a trilogy, which yes, I've heard Devil's Rejects is is the the best one. I am a giant baby, and so I'm not gonna watch this because I know it's supposed to be gross and grind housey and an homage to gross and grind housey and cheap ass things. Um, yeah, but I I appreciate that Rob Zombie wanted to do this. You know, he mm-hmm. makes this movie for next to nothing, and. The studio is like, that's going to be an NC 17. We don't want to release it. And he's like, I'll buy it back from you then. I'll find someone else. Yeah. And even, that's nice.
0: It's weird to put Rob Zombie in like the same place as Bruce Springsteen. Like, I don't love your work, but I Mm -hmm. respect the hell out of it. Except for his (laughs) Halloween movies. I really hated those. But because I like, I don't love this movie. I love Devil's Rejects more, but like, it's getting a lot done. Like, doing something. Kind of original pre the movie Grindhouse before anybody was throwing back to this style. No one was asking for it. I'm sure it wasn't easy to finance and making it with his friends. And yeah, I, I sat through, I've watched more of this than this Munsters movie because Jesus of uh, <laughs> House of Thousand Corpses. It's weird. I know a lot of horror fans and I don't know a lot of people who like, this is their fave, but it's
3: like. I Because it's literal torture porn. I don't have mm. a problem with gross. I don't have a problem with uh unsettling i want it to be for some purpose i cannot tell you a single thing about any of these characters they they left no impression how about that you
0: eventually see like about a thousand corpses it's pretty cool (laughs) it's pretty cool there's a lot of corpses in there but yeah, it's it's not one of now my favorites. Now I want someone either. to
3: do a count. How many corpses are there in House of a Thousand? Three million corpses? bucks probably. It's not a thousand. <laughs> yeah. This will be the easiest lawsuit since my lawsuit against the never-ending story. We didn't show all of them in the first movie. There's way fewer <laughs> corpses in the second movie.
0: Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, like I respect the hell out of like caring enough out of this genre to like move forward with it. But yeah, it's not my favorite. Uh watched it a couple times. It's never really like yeah, I need to see this all the time. Uh, but I like his music videos, and I loved his directorial debut uh, in the Beavis and Butthead movie. He directed the animated sequence when they trip, and I thought no. that was great. Yeah. Huh. Um, up next this week in movie theaters, Jenna Malone, uh, Chris Klein, Kevin Spacey, Don Cheadle, and Ryan Gosling in the United States of Leland.
1: Uh, so, oh. uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> I watched this with my wife while she was recovering from surgery. Hey sweetie, I love you. I'm I'm just kidding. She's never listened to a single episode. <laughs> but but this is a story without a why. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that, Diana?
2: Yeah, that's that's pretty fair. Like I mean if YMCA? I had to summarize it, it's uh Holton Caulfield goes to jail.
3: Okay. A literary
0: okay, reference the whole, out of my reach.
2: The
3: whole thrust of this film is our protagonist kills a mentally challenged person, and everyone is asking him why, and he's like, I don't know. And it's not that he's been a psycho this whole time, it's just he's been a very quiet kid who suddenly kills a mentally handicapped person, and they're like, why did you do it? And it's just, I don't know, maybe there is no why.
2: Yeah,
3: And S- movies aren't really ab- about that. I can you make a good movie whose point is there is no why? Maybe. I can't think of one.
2: I I guess I'm trying to think of it a- of an example. Obviously, this movie's just bringing to mind we need to talk about Kevin a lot because it's also about a teenager that kills. But uh, yeah, it's kind of escaping me. Um I'm not really sure what the point is like i appreciate ryan gosling basically signed on because he's like playing a character who has basically no emotions at all is very difficult i'm like yes he does it all the time (laughs) drive (laughs) yeah well this is his first time taking taking that car out i guess And and he's just sort of like and and yeah all these people around him are trying to figure out why or they're trying to capitalize on him in some way of you know making this a, a big old story or whatever and it's just like it, it it's like a movie that thinks it's deep and really fucking isn't like it's just vague
1: mm. yeah I, I just I was
2: that. really disappointed I was like no not yeah it's it's a bad sign when I start thinking about I just skip ahead 20 minutes and see what's happening there <laughs> like mm, <laughs> I shouldn't do that yeah didn't didn't click for me United States of Leland
0: well, I can confirm the next movie's terrible. <laughs> yes. Number one yes, at the box is. office uh, John Totoro, Woody Harrelson, uh, Luis Guzman, Marissa Tomei, Jack Nicholson, and Adam Sandler in anger management.
1: On April 11th, Mr. Busnick's anger management therapist. Temporarily. Dr. Buddy Rydell is taking Dave Busnick. How about a kiss? I'd love a kiss. Uh, I think she's talking to me. Into the world of anger management. If you failed his program, you will spend the next year in state prison. <laughs> la, 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 la. Anger management. In Europe, it's not considered unusual for three or four men to share a bed. That's why I'm proud to be an American. But <sighs> uh, I,
0: I, I really really went back into this, like, I will find something to love in this. Jack Nicholson has not been in our hearts and minds for 15 years. Hasn't done anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is his last writing credit. Uh, he has
2: a writing credit on this?
0: <laughs> I remember in an interview, he's like, yeah, you get a co-writing credit. And, like, I don't deserve that. Adam is very sweet. Um, hmm. So it... And as everything you hear about Adam Sandler is, he is very sweet. And he probably threw in like a couple ideas. He's like, I don't, I don't give you a co-writing credit, Jack. Uh, but it's sort of a movie about Jack Nicholson. And I'm like, surely there's something that will hold up in this. It just is fucking senseless. And mm-hmm. the I will occasionally adjo- enjoy Adam Sandler getting these wonderful actors to do something extremely silly. <laughs> but I really, really don't hear. Uh, nobody uh, in this movie, by the way. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, no. I mean, we have Woody Harrelson again doing something very silly, which mm-hmm. can be interpreted as really anti trans, too. It's a cheap joke. Or, you know, he's just into crazy shit, man. Whatever. It's like too but much
0: John Totoro. And like, I don't want to complain about flawed premises and execution in an Adam Sandler and his friends movie.
1: Mm -hmm. But it's just like, yeah, it's a movie about a guy who doesn't have
0: anger management problems and an anger management counselor that is fucking infuriating. It's just like, there was never, like, I wish there was just somebody clever enough like, take off the mask, this is what I did for you. Oh,
3: that makes sense as an audience. Like, never makes sense. The ending to this pissed me off. The entire movie pissed me off. Mm -hmm. But at the very end... Okay, I'm going to spoil this because it's a garbage movie. At the very end of the movie, they're like, this was all a setup put up to you by your girlfriend who is a waitress. Now, plenty of very nice waitresses out here. But (laughs) this waitress, using apparently her own money, had to bribe an entire... Airline, airline staff. How does she even she afford to, to get a, a, hire uh, security or people to pretend to be security, hire an empty courtroom and then hire people to fill it up with courtroom people, and then she had to hire like twenty to fifty other people throughout the course of this film? Yeah. This is this is the plot to single white billionaire,
0: okay?
2: <laughs>
3: this is it,
0: th- yeah. this is just so, so
2: it's so fucking sloppy, and I was like, "There, it, it keeps getting sloppier." I'm like, "You're you're kidding me, right?" Like, first the setup is, "Oh yeah, no, Sandler's such a, he's a very mild mannered guy, he's very, he, he keeps all of his emotions very bottled up, and then he's sitting next to this weird guy on a plane, and the weird guy is super annoying and he gets him in trouble, okay? Oh, but it turns out, no, now he's in trouble. He has to go to anger management class, and guess who his teacher is? It's that fucking crazy guy, and now it's like. And and now the crazy guy has to move in with him? We're taking way too it's... much time and and way too much goofiness to get to the point. We know what we want to see. We want to see Adam Sandler getting constantly pissed on by Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. until he explodes.
0: Yes, which I don't That's feel like
2: all we want to see.
0: Satisfyingly happens. And and ironically, like this, I was just like, this whole premise makes sense for a fucking sitcom. And I think we've forgotten about the Charlie Sheen sitcom based on this movie, where he plays the Jack Nicholson character, because it was, I think, the first and biggest failure of the 1090 formula that yep. FX came up with. If the first 10 episodes do well, we will renew you for 90 to guarantee we make syndication. And hot off of being fired from Two and a Half Men, the first 10 episodes did great. The rest did not. The series is completely forgotten and not syndicated anywhere. But uh, but I, I I fucking hated this. Like I I I have a soft spot for some Sandler shenanigans. Fucking hated this movie.
3: Let me throw this out there. Before this point, Adam Sandler's whole shtick was getting angry. Yes, exactly. You know, he was. I I'm a really sweet guy, but I've got a temper and I can beat the shit out of anyone. That that was his characters for most of the movies before that is this kind of his way of saying goodbye to that character
2: it felt like very similar it was very very similar to the character in punch drunk love to me mm. in that he is so so pushing everything down until it just explodes in dumb ways
0: and again and maybe- so it
2: just kind of felt like deja vu to me but also like it it made me miss nicholson didn't lot didn't do a ton of comedies but he did a fair number and He's always really funny. Deeply
0: funny. I watch The Departed more than a human being should, and that's like a role where he's allowed to play around, even if it's breaking character and tone, and he's having a great time. And he's being fucking hilarious.
2: Yeah. None well, of that is about, here. His previous movie we talked about about Schmidt. He's yeah. really funny in it, while being very, very understated. And his next one is something's got to give. He's very, very funny in it. And yeah, the, I mean, we're, we're running out of uh, we're running out of jack rolls we're going to talk about which is which is a bummer because he just retired because he didn't want to but i feel like sometimes though his out and out comedies aren't as funny Mm -hmm. but he can play a funny character in a more serious movie like i think about him in terms of endearment yeah funniest goddamn guys in the world very sad movie in the end
0: (laughs) yeah part of one of his roles in mars attacks (laughs) yeah uh being the joker like amazing and and but this is like, again, maybe the role should have switched. Maybe Jack should have been mm. the angry guy trolled by the anger management counselor. Maybe that would have been funnier.
2: That could have been interesting. But yeah. you don't
0: want to see him end up mm. with Marissa Tomei.
2: No, and <laughs> yeah, and I don't need to see him with Rudy Giuliani. Okay, hold on. Up I, at the end. I wanted
0: to get to that because uh, another oh. major <laughs> cringe factor in this movie uh, that I remember reading about, it is. Adam Sandler's taking production back to New York for the first time since 9-11. So yeah. the movie not only contains a lot of advertising for the military, <laughs> uh, yeah. it, it is not the movie's fault because we all sort of felt that way. It is a lot of cringe. 9-11, man. And <laughs> that includes the hero worship of national embarrassment. I'll just play the clip because it like still makes me mad. They, like It makes him part of... I know, I hate saying sa- the the Sandler Cinematic Universe. He gets to share in that now. This is such an awful scene.
3: Before I make my decision, you have to do something for me.
1: <gasps> you have to kiss me in front of all these people. <laughs> you can do it, David! Ugh!
0: Giving Rob Schneider's catchphrase to leaky fart man Rudy Giuliani, just, like, I can't think of someone... He was
3: America's mayor at the time. Was, I know.
0: I'm saying, but there's cringe factors all over this movie that aren't necessarily their fault, and maybe this isn't either, even though I'm pretty sure Rudy Giuliani always kind of sucked, and Adam Sandler doesn't seem that political and didn't look into to the extent, but I just hate it. I hate it. That is an exchange yep. line from people in the Sandler Cinematic Universe that's given to Rudy Giuliani. A man yep. who tried to molest <laughs> Borat's daughter.
2: Well look, he's having a hard week. Let's give Giuliani a little bit of a break. You know, he's melting. His boss is going to jail. It is it's hard. Probably gonna be his
3: hard. All right, we're doing this regression.
2: And has he aged in 20 years? Holy shit. I was just looking up, wait, who else is about as old as Rudy Giuliani to compare to, like, how has he aged in the last 20 years? I'm like, oh, he's the same age as, like, Danny DeVito.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's almost unfair. Danny DeVito
2: looks great. Well,
0: Danny DeVito (laughs) looks like Danny
3: DeVito. Since we're doing this digression, my central thing about, I keep in mind when I read about Rudy, is I recall reading this interview with him, about how he's getting on Team Trump. And they were like, "Uh, Rudy, aren't you worried that this is going to ruin your legacy? And he pauses and he says, fuck my legacy. (laughs) This is a thesis I have that current power beats legacy for the vast majority of people. The vast majority of people who want power want power in the now. They don't want to be remembered fondly They would much rather have more power now and whatever happens to their legacy happens then as long as they get the power now. If you gave
0: me the amount of money Rudy Giuliani has probably had, you would only be able to contact me by driving to a remote beach. And that's it. (laughs) I don't don't get it at all.
3: Just sit back. Enjoy (laughs) your millions. What the fuck are you doing? Power uh, is its own sake. People want power for power's sake. That is... Uh, part of many humans basic wiring
2: i know. I guess it, it's always i don't know it sticks with me a lot of people that tied themselves to trump at points where they didn't have to and it could not benefit them in any way i don't understand how it could benefit him to go into the the, the stolen election stuff like this is not this doesn't help you
0: i think he had nowhere to go you,
2: you could just say nothing you could just say nothing
0: or you can do a press conference in front of a dildo store Great, yeah. moments. <laughs> great moments great moments that never mind i love him yeah. again
3: no screenplay could make that believable. okay wow I, it is sandler-esque you you're right yeah yeah <laughs> sandler yeah. should do that sandler should make a movie about that time you season.
0: know it would yeah. not be that hard to entrap rudy giuliani in a prank movie starring himself it would Ooh. it seems pretty Ash- easy
2: You know what? Things that seem like they have to be made up but are actually true There's something that's been stolen that was stolen for this movie. The idea of looking up your former bully and now they're a Buddhist monk. Mm -hmm. That actually happened on an episode of Louis Theroux's Weird Weekends. Yeah. Before this movie came out, they totally stole that. Mm. Just saying. Yeah. Where a guy looks up his bully and finds he is a Buddhist monk now. It goes better. There isn't as much fighting.
0: This movie sucks, and you shouldn't watch it on HBO Max ever.
2: Nope, ever. Please don't.
0: Moving to television of two thousand three, April seventh through the thirteenth, Cher's farewell concert is watched by seventeen million people on NBC, and I don't know why I did the most research on this because that's a pretty significant number for a live concert on network television, which typically only does that like during Christmas when everybody has some time off. I also like Cher did a farewell tour. That tour was several years. And this tour, this particular performance was from a year ago, but she has not performed since. In
2: that is wrong. No. Yes, she has. She has. She has.
0: Just not on tour.
2: No, she the "Dressed to Kill" tour in 2014, oh, and right. the "Here I, We Go Again" tour in I, 2018 through I 2020. I googled it,
0: got one simple Plus answer, and
2: residency just... in Vegas. That's what
0: I thought. Okay, okay, but yes,
2: yeah. Never trust someone when they say farewell tour.
0: I never. It's o- only, always a lie. Only kiss. Only kiss. Uh, yeah.
2: but when they, but generally though, the good thing about farewell tours is it does tend to be uh, all the greatest hits. Yeah. So they're fun. Uh, you know, I saw I saw the Tina Turner farewell concert. I oh i think she them. was serious was fucking great she was mostly serious
0: i mean she was serious about like i'm not doing this anymore i don't want people i don't want people yeah. to remember me like this so that was kind of no. sad thing to say but also kind of admirable uh, yeah. also this week debuting on noggin uh if that if that channel still exists i think it's nickelodeon affiliated miffy and friends
3: please it's just a cute adorable thing oh. and i had to play their theme song all right let's get it on
1: All right, this is
0: adorable. The Accompanying (laughs) video is undeniably likable, even though it is very, very uh, low rent, but like adorable. Adorable. Less adorable. In fact, just trying to watch this was excruciating for me personally, having not lived through this series from 20 years ago. All Grown Up debuts on Nickelodeon as a series. It is... A spin off of a special of the Rugrats called All Growed Up, a one hour special that aired the year prior, where they shoot the Rugrats characters into teenage years. Mm. And I, I, three seasons of the Rugrats, that's about, I grew out of it. I'm not shitting on Rugrats. It's a fine show, some fun movies. But Klasky Chupo's designs, I can accept for the babies, but seeing them. Oh, just stretched out, blown out, and given weird hair. It is one of the most disturbing images I have ever seen. Some of the main voice actors reprising their role as these characters, and also fucking pointless, absolutely fucking pointless. What, Diana? What's you a big Rugrats fan? No. What's the cachet about Rugrats? Naive children,
2: (laughs) right, with a baby's eye view. yeah, they interpret things goofy because they're babies and they don't understand, like when it's yeah. poo or something.
0: And then just, it's it, it, to me, it was like, is this because Disney bought Doug? You just had to force the Rugrats into Doug? This is just a high school drama. Who cares? There's Who cares about that? How can you care about this? You just took away everything <laughs> special about the Rugrats. Why am I yelling? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I fucking hate this. It ran for five seasons. It's not terribly Jesus, fondly remembered. That five? Five. But like 10 episode uh, seasons.
2: Oh, uh, okay. but um, damn. That's the uh, let's talk about answer. fun high school people.
0: Uh, yeah, JR, the very... This is the last. Is it not?
3: I cannot talk about Clone High anymore, you guys. I can't. There's absolutely nothing. Better promise. There's no games. There's no comic books. There's nothing after this. This is the Snowflake Day, a very special holiday episode. The very <laughs> last piece of S- clode high media made until sometime this year.
2: Why are they running this in April? I don't know.
3: Okay. <laughs> the show got canceled. And if you were like hoping it would be picked up, you should just save your Christmas special for Christmas. Yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, I mean no.
0: MTV ran rerun reran a lot of its canceled shows for like fucking years at the time. And, and, and also, uh, yeah, with a Ren and Stimpy, uh, Christmas episode had a, had a pattern for playing things. Christmas episodes, not at Christmas.
3: But Mm. I loved snowflake day when I first saw it. It's a made up holiday in which you exchange care satchels. You light your snowman. You do the celebratory snowflake, cabbage patch dance. (laughs) And the traditional food is lamb tacos. And this is great radio. This (laughs) is a lamb taco. Stop it, I'm
2: starving. That's a real taco. taco. He's eating it on the air. So
0: many no-nos. God, I'm irritated. I'm starving over here. That's the big one.
2: Looks like some pickled red onion in there. Oh, that was good. Mm -hmm.
3: Oh,
0: you
2: asshole.
3: Lamb taco is the best. I heard about it on this thing. It's not really super popular, so that's why they chose it. It is the bomb, y'all. (laughs) <laughs> Try a lamb taco. It is just utterly delicious. And Snowflake Day didn't take off for anybody except every day for millennials. Am I right? They all have trophies. <laughs> well, they did have the Snowflake Jake special. Snowflake Jake.
2: <laughs> oh, this is so good. Snowflake
1: Jake, save Snowflake Day. Are Any last words, Santa Claus, Green Stein, and King Kwanzaa? It'd be time for you and your exclusionary holidays to walk the plank. Jake, don't kill us.
0: We realize that the harmless celebration of our religions is oppressive.
1: Dradelstein, sorry! <laughs> <Gimel. laughs>
0: <laughs> Dradelstein is the shit. <laughs> Why are we lobbying for more Dradelstein?
3: Now, Diana, did Dredelstein ever visit your house?
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 but... yeah.
2: No, he comes once, you know, a night for eight nights, and you spin him around really hard. Yeah. To gamble because
0: yeah. that's what Dredelstein wants to see when he comes to your house, fire. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we also got JFK sings all your favorite Snowflake songs. Oh, he is the standout character for me.
0: I do love a JFK yeah. impression.
1: This music sure is putting me in the mood. Of course it is. It's JFK Sings the uh, Snowflake Day Hits. <laughs>
3: Away in a taco no spice for my lamb. Snowflake, 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 snowflake. I made you out of snow. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, I want to watch more uh It's a great show. I'm... I'm Looking forward to it being revived after 20 years. It's incredible. Oh so bereft of ideas. Um, well, it ended the perfect way. It ended yeah. with them all being freeze frozen mm. so they can just dethaw them and pick right off 20 years later. Yep.
0: Perfect. I wonder how many shows ended with someone being frozen. Dream On. I could go on. Uh, another musical <laughs> extravaganza was on South Park this week. I'm a little bit country. <laughs> uh the the and this is what this is the actual 100th episode of South Park. Yeah, yeah, this
3: is the actual 100th episode of South Park and this is when Eric Cartman goes back in time and figures out the meaning to America, y'all if the people of our new country are allowed to do whatever they wish then some will support the war and some will protest
1: it and that means that as a nation we could go to war with whomever we wished but at the same time act like we didn't want to if we allow the people to protest what the government does then the country will be forever blameless it's like having your cake and eating it too <laughs> it's just, <laughs>
0: uh yeah it uh, I saw that it started out just the notion that at the time all anti-war songs were rock and all pro-war songs were country. <laughs> so find a way mm-hmm. to combine ourselves. And I didn't know that Ben Franklin is th- – South Park rarely does guest stars, but I guess had enough respect for Norman Lear and uh, cast hey. him as Benjamin Franklin.
1: Oh, wow. Hey. Yeah,
0: All in the family creator among other co- – actual constitution owner, I believe. Uh, he normally, owns one of the copies of the
3: Constitution?
0: Yeah. Wow. Guess what he does with it? Tours it around the world so everybody can see it. Oh, uh, good. good. guy. I was afraid it was
3: going to be some... No, 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 nice no. Thing. It's
0: one of my favorite documentaries about a person I didn't know much about, uh, and I just love the title of it. The Norman Lear documentary, Just Another Version of You. Anyway, South Park is 100 episodes old, currently residing and putting out six episodes every year um <laughs>
3: and yeah, every other I can't year can't believe it lasted this long i mean Absolutely, reaching 100 yeah. episodes seemed like a miracle in 2003 and that i would have bet you literally 100 to 1 odds that it would not be on the air 20 years later i i yep.
0: would have changed that if we haven't mentioned it before because I, I didn't know it was post movie where like there's a the most forgettable episodes of South Park in like the second and third season, they worked on the movie and allowed other people to write South Park. And, and they were like, that's what you're supposed to do. But like the movie sort of invigorated them into like becoming the institution it is now, the six days to air, like make an episode in six days. And I think that's why it'll always, it'll never run dry. It's it'll It'll always have something to talk
3: about. You don't think we're going to run out of crazy shit that's happening? Not because this everything week. Everything seems so calm and
2: normal and.
3: <laughs> Not
0: this in week. In
2: America?
3: I saw a former president
0: scowl in a courtroom and Vince McMahon rocking a Gomez Adams mustache. I don't know how things could get crazier. Uh, and also, finally, I guess this is TV news NCAA March Madness final. Syracuse beats Kansas. Take that, Bird character. Uh, I think I got that right. I don't. Again,
2: you did. I only it is a bird character. Thank
0: you, uh, yes. NCAA basketball for Super Nintendo. I wouldn't know what any of these were, otherwise. <laughs> uh, these other video games I know pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what is it? April seventh through the thirteenth, two thousand three. Video games twenty years ago. Midnight Club Two, a pretty rad and semi-forgotten racing series from the maker of Grand Theft Auto. You see, kids, back in the day, Rockstar made more than one game a decade and <laughs> and, and had four midnight clubs, a pretty great racing game um, that uh, that I don't think got the respect it deserved. And they also let me ride in a Lamborghini one time. It was neat. Uh, I, I What's wish- a Lamborghini like? For me? Too small. Yeah. Uh, very uncomfortable. I... If you do see me get a million dollars, none, none of them will be spent on cars. Uh, I will just wear the underwear that strippers wear to enhance my dick the regular way. And uh, <laughs> I wish I knew more about Crazy Taxi Catch a Ride for GBA because I love uh,
3: Crazy Taxi. How do they translate that to the GBA? Not well. You know, they really just, it shouldn't be on the system. That's all there is to it. Is it in 3D? Is it top-down? How do they even show it? Yeah, top-down, not great. Do, do I get to hear the
0: offspring go, yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Uh, This is crazy just because we have, I almost had like not a week go by without talking about something in the Evil Dead franchise. <laughs> e- Evil Dead Hail to the King arrives on PC. Dreamcast, P- PlayStation 1 and Dreamcast this is a very delayed game. The Dreamcast
1: is,
0: has stopped production, yes. I think, last year. <laughs> yeah. Also,
2: R.I.P. Ryuichi Sakamoto.
0: Oh, uh, oh, he—he's Michael told me that he's the I, guy who created the Dreamcast opening sound.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, incredible composer. And I didn't realize, yeah, he made the little Dreamcast startup sound. <laughs> I had no idea.
3: Yeah, but Bruce Campbell is in this uh, game. He does all his own voices. It Desperately wants to be Resident Evil. It mm-hmm. like really, really wants that, but it can't quite get over the finish line. I mean, there's mm. there's not much. I reason mean, it's to play releasing
0: it, on P- on a dead platform and PS1 and a PS2 era. What are you doing? There's mm-hmm. a, maybe, maybe a video game apocalypse subject matter. Because there was a weird notion around this period, like we can't. Get Hollywood to green light another movie. Let's make an incredibly expensive game (laughs) and revitalize this character. And that's just not something... Actually, there's a new Evil Dead game out. What am I talking about? Uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, finally, we have Postal 2. One of the best, worst games I've ever played
3: in my life. You can pee in Gary Coleman's mouth. uh, (laughs) Okay. I do not mind crude humor. I don't. I think it can be funny. I can enjoy it. I can laugh. This game hates its audience. Yep. It mm-hmm. it hates you for playing it. I'm pretty sure it hates itself for making it. And literally the only reason people remember this game is because you can pee on Gary Coleman. <laughs> the... And Gary Coleman had to record lines of you peeing on him.
1: No. Okay.
3: Good job. What you talk about, asparagus. I'm... I'm giving
0: you the and, slow. Uh, I don't. I don't mind wow. shitting on it. Fuck the Postal series. We looked into it a while back, and the creator is like a real, real just prick beyond maga status. Real big asshole. Would it would it shock you? A guy who's made like just just like limp dick offensive games for his entire career. But what I what I loved about Postal too is that you downloaded the demo, and the demo was the full game. And because they're idiots, you drop down your console <laughs> and extend the time, and everybody got the full game for absolutely free. No muss, no fuss, no hacking at all. <laughs> just, just type in extend, extend demo in your console. I played this for absolutely nothing. It was hilarious they allowed this game to go out like this and didn't, didn't update it. But that about concludes the 2003 segment. We got one more in the barrel. 10 years in the future and the past. 2013, we'll close out with In Those Jeans by Genuine. It's got an album out this week, but don't go anywhere. We got a lot to talk about when we get back.
2: Hello, Mr. And Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's to Corner. We go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of April 7th through 13th, feeling good. Feeling good right now because we get to talk about uh, two things I like quite a bit. Starting with 1953, so that's 70 years ago, saw the release of Fear and Desire, a movie by a Look Magazine freelancer named Stanley Kubrick. And that's his debut, damn it. And... <laughs> It's, it's not bad. He doesn't like it. It's a World War II movie about sort of like this little, or no, I think maybe it's, no, it's a World War II movie and it's about sort of this little group of guys and, you know, they're like trapped behind enemy lines sort of thing. They gotta get out of here and uh, they end up taking like this woman hostage and, you know, it's made for $3 and some string, but it's like an hour long. But you can see, oh, yeah, this guy was definitely, like, a photographer. Like, I see, he's got the visual eye down. Maybe he's got something else to do. And I think his movies definitely get better from there. He obviously, would, like, disown this right away. He's like, oh, I'm so embarrassed by it. Ignore that. Killer's Kiss is better, which is his next movie. But, yeah, Fear and Desire, uh, it was really hard to see for a long time because it's so, so indie. But you can find it now streaming. And if you don't want to watch Fear and Desire... There are only 13 Stanley Kubrick movies. So your film for this week is a Stanley Kubrick movie. (laughs) Pick one. Pick one you haven't seen. I bet it's Barry Lyndon. And guess what? Barry Lyndon's fucking great. It's actually really funny and I think you'll like it. And then I'm so happy about this. 90 years ago from 1933, I'm waiting to see... If Chris gas, I already know what
0: it is. Yes.
2: It's King Kong, King bitches. King Kong. <laughs> ah! King Kong turns 90 this week, which unless you're into silence, King Kong is probably like the oldest movie you've ever seen for like a lot of people. If you've seen the original, that's probably the oldest <laughs> movie. And I don't blame you because, you know, there's a lot of silence that aren't as much fun. Uh, King Kong is a landmark film besides it being, you know, monster horror. And we talked about like, haiju becoming a thing obviously this way predates it but it's important for the music more than just about anything. It's music by max steiner who studied like classically um really brought the ideas of classical music over to film music in a way that hadn't been seen before so characters have like a leitmotif that plays there's like a romance theme there's like an action theme and this is probably, King Kong's probably the first movie that has a real, like the score is important and it makes the movie. And there's a lot of movies where the score makes the movie. I like to argue Star Wars. You put other music in there, the movie's kind of dopey.
0: And and if I never try and break in here, but you you brought me, you opened the door, uh, was watching some of the uh, er, silent animated work from stop motion pioneer Willis Mm O'Brien. And you can see what kind of budget he was how his budget was enhanced for something like King Kong. It is glorious. It's one of the first movies I remember loving. It's how Ted Turner launched TNT. Uh, I taped it, watched it all the time. Uh, Love King Kong so much.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And King Kong, the original one, I mean, he's stop motion, but he has a a handmade quality to him, even though it's really, it's more impressive hand, you know, animation than I could do Mm -hmm. on my own if you just gave me a camera but there is something kind of like our art man where you can see the thumbprints and it kind of makes it more, feel more real.
0: And, and yeah. If, the original you,
2: King Kong has character, man. I
0: dare you to look up Willis O'Brien's. I forget what it's called. This is a prehistoric silent stop motion shorts with cavemen and some creatures, then watch King Kong and then watch mighty Joe young. And you can see how that technology, I mean, that's 20 years worth of growth and it's astonishing to look at like how, how much it improves.
3: Have you ever watched some of those AI-generated stop-motions where they take the, like, frames from King Kong and make it so it's 60 frames a second?
1: No. I don't Mm-mm, want to see no. that at all.
3: It's, it's an interesting technique. I'm honestly not sure how I feel about it because it's still obviously stop-motion, but they just have the AI go, well, we'll add all these more frames so it's mm-hmm. smooth, and it's, a, it's right. a different feel to it.
2: Huh. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think... The The biggest hurdle for people just generally watching King Kong is the,
0: the Bruce Cabot,
2: Robert Armstrong, oh. Fay Ray's acting in the non-Kong parts. Uh. You know, it's kind of stagey. It's still pretty early sound. They, they haven't. It takes until the mid-30s to start to really nail how do we act for sound cinema. So there's kind of big pauses sometimes. And you're like, guys, come on. What? <laughs> Why are you just standing there staring at each other? You're like, um, it's meaningful. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yeah. So that's classic corner King Kong, nineteen thirty-three. An absolute recommend. It, we'll talk about the remakes sometime. There's actually a lot of remakes. There's like twenty something Kong movies plus the unofficial best. Kong movies. Like ape, mm-hmm. <laughs> he gives he gives the helicopters the finger. It's kind of funny.
3: It's uh, public but... domain, right? No. Anyone can make a no. Oh uh, yeah, no, not yet. Not yet. I thought. Nintendo won a lawsuit against King Kong because... Not because it was public that... domain. Oh. Okay.
0: Uh, right. Yeah. It's got a couple... It's got a about a 15 a years. A couple years.
2: Yeah. Got a couple years. It, it'll be there. I'm sure there are elements that are public domain. Mm-hmm. But the story, the name King Kong, him being a giant gorilla, fighting dinosaurs, all that good stuff. Yep. Yeah. So that's it for this week. Stay classic.
1: We're still paying For the mistakes that a bunch of folks made long before we came And caught somewhere between Southern pride and Southern blame
0: Dear Mr. White Man I wish you understood what the world is really like when you're living in the hood. Just because my pants are sagging doesn't mean I'm up to no good. You should try to get to know me. I really wish you would. Coming into 2013 with Accidental Racist by ba- Brad Paisley featuring LL Cool J off of Wheelhouse. It's definitely 2013. I never thought I'd hear this song again.
2: Oh, I had to. I had to, because like I like LL Cool J. I. I love Brad Paisley. He's got a great sense of humor. He writes some real fun songs, and this is well intentioned. But God, damn, this is like the worst song ever. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. Like, look, I'm remember. a Skinner I'm a Skynyrd fan too. I don't buy T-shirts that have the stars and bars on them because I won't wear the stars and bars, even though I'm a Skynyrd fan. He has an entire verse about that.
3: <laughs> I remember at the time, though, this like instantly blew up on the Internet. It's got a great title.
2: The, the whole LL's verse about like, you know, I still have chains, but now they're gold. And can you respect where I'm coming from? And
0: it's, the crash of so- it's the crash of songs. It's <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: like, I understand what you mean. Like, let's not be too sensitive if you're, you know, well-intentioned sure but you're not it's not an accident if you wear a skinner shirt it's got the stars and bars on it you knew what you're doing oh well it's just showing southern yeah, pride southern pride of what
0: yeah more superiority other new <laughs> releases include uh mosquito by the yeah yes yeah yeah um indie cud by uh, kid cuddy uh Save rock and roll by fallout boy true romance by charlie xcx uh, Hotel California by Tiga, The Journey by Big Country, Sem what? Sem uh by Bring Me the Horizon and Thrift Shop by Macklemore is still number one. Uh, Coachella acts this year. Ah, I never took advantage to go to Coachella and now I'm stuck. This year I recognize fewer bands than ever, including two of the headliners. Stone
2: Roses are back together, baby.
0: Stone Roses, Blur, Yeah, 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 Phoenix, Portugal, The Man, Janelle Monet, Wu Tang Clan, and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, More than 50% of those I recognize and own an album by. (laughs) And uh, a little bit of news to remind you what's going on in uh, the world outside of pop culture in 2013. 10 years ago, the French Senate approves a bill for same sex marriage.
2: Yeah, It's
3: a boom, boom, boom type thing. Uh, you know, for the next couple of years, we're going to get country after country, state after state.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and then let's move on to the movies of 2003. 2013. Um, what is it? April 7th through the 13th. Uh, first up, we got Frank Mosley, Diego uh, Martins, Andrew uh, Sensig, Amy Simitz and uh, Shane Carruth in the movie Upstream Color.
2: All right. I kind of want to do these two together because we have two movies that are artsy and don't have a clear narrative sometimes and are confusing and a lot of critics liked and a lot of people are like, what the fuck is that? So let's just, I want to do them together kind of. Upstream Color by Shane Carruth and To the Wonder uh, the Terrence Malick movie starring Ben Affleck and uh, Olga Kuryenko and Rachel Nick Adams and Javier Bardem. Upstream color, I feel like I'm too stupid to get. There's just something about it that's like it's it's about people that have this larva, and then the larva make them do things, but then there's they put the larva in the pigs, and it <laughs> does other stuff. Like it's kind of like we were talking about holy motors, where it's like, I don't know what the hell's happening, but I love it. And and this one in particular is like, I don't know what's happening ah uh,
1: that's what it's the it, guy
2: who did primer and so i kind of didn't get that i barely got that so
0: and I, I i i've never been able to get through this and i really did because i'm sure i've told that story before it stars a human being who i actually knew in real life and became like instantly smitten with um uh, <laughs> amy a old, old amy she was a boyfriend of a one of my best friends and uh yeah, it was really fascinating to see her kind of make the transition into like director, indie, indie movie star. Hmm. Um, and she was very sweet when I was very clearly like a polite Tex Avery Wolf when I first met her. Cause she's just very, <laughs> very pretty.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you'd call it experimental sci-fi and I, I feel like do I need to pay closer attention or is it a movie that I should pay no attention I should let it wash over me and that will make more sense? But uh critics really liked it as being just sort of like it's about impressions, it's not about like exactly things don't mean things literally, it's, you know, more about the feeling, sounds, I guess. Sounds like a lot of thinking yeah maybe it is just let it wash over you kind of david lynch thing and then maybe i'll get it or i hate when i run into movies like this where people are like the critics all love it and i watch it i'm like eh i don't understand to the wonder i understood more even though it's a terrence malick movie which means there is technically a plot (laughs) but it's just sort of jumbled up a little bit and sometimes you feel like the story's in the wrong order and no one is really like saying what they really mean or feel
0: and then, and then it's so, just
2: sort of about the impression of everything
0: sometimes it feels like when your tv goes into sleep mode but has, di- has a dialogue every 20 minutes
2: parents yeah. smell like
0: <laughs> it's not a real criticism i was just trying to make a silly yeah.
2: yeah no and that's a lot of this one split critics a lot more they're just like look tree of life it flows it's weird but i see where you're going with this and this one i don't Cause it's kind of a simpler story as opposed to like the story of mankind and also like this one guy. And this is like about a relationship and how people just sort of change over time and Man, that, fall out of love. And
0: That is kind of crazy to talk about them together because half of the four movies on our list are like ambiguous and artsy. And the other two are perhaps the <laughs> dumbest of formulaic movies. One very much better than the other. Um, Very
2: literal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But the first one, not so much. Heather Locklear, Jesus. Daryl Hammond, Molly Shannon, Kate Walsh, Cat Williams, Terry Crews, Charlie Sheen, Lindsey Lohan, Simon Rex, and Ashley Tilsdale in. Scary movie. <laughs> Five.
3: I feel like there's something in this house. A dollar makes me holla, honey, booboo cha No
1: movie is safe.
3: Mama. Cabin in the Woods. Inception. This goes in your mouth and the other one goes in your rectum. I'm sorry, that one goes in your mouth and the
1: other one goes in your rectum. No celebrity is spared.
3: <laughs> Not bad for a washed up, facially tattooed.
1: Do it again. Yeah. On April 12th, prepare for a new level of scary. I'm scared. There's nothing to me. Oh. i have come back from worse than this. A scary Movie, rated PG-13.
0: Black, 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 black. Well, this was it for uh, Scary Movie, right? It was, this uh, is uh, it. This uh,
2: is over. it. We're over. done. It is oh, over. Oh, God. Couldn't get through it. Yeah. So,
3: didn't bother. So this is the first scary movie I have attempted to watch.
2: Oh, I say no. attempted.
1: Because I got
3: about 15 minutes in, and then I was just like, I'm out. There is absolutely nothing to see in this movie. Okay, this film spoofs the new Evil Dead movie that we talked about last week. From its trailer.
2: Right. Yes, from its trailer.
3: No, no, no. My theory (laughs) Uh is that they wrote, produced, directed, directed, edited and released this film in one week I mean, and i don't want to hear any evidence to the contrary
1: it's it's,
0: it's always tough when you, people talk about getting movies made and like it's a miracle it all came together a hundred people filing firing, firing on all cylinders all the little battles you have to win and like and then you see something like this hit the screen and like you don't have to write this by the end of the day like take some time yeah. take some time Get a real cast together. No,
3: that's not their business model. Yeah. The business mm-hmm. model is, like you said, watch the trailer, throw in jokes for 15 movies based on the trailer, make it so even people who haven't seen the movie will get the joke, unquote. And we ran it up the chain. Out we ran it up the G. chain,
0: and all of the lawyers say this legally constitutes a joke. Um, mm-hmm. No one's smiling, yeah. everyone's very serious. Cool.
2: Yeah, most of them, I mean, there aren't jokes. They really are just, it's, it's like not even member berries. It really is like, there it is. It's like an unofficial,
0: a, they make they treat it like unofficial cameos from a bunch of other stuff you like. There's oftentimes right. not even jokes involved. It's just something shows up randomly.
2: It's, it's just recognition it's, of, yeah, that character, like this is supposed to be a horror movie thing, but that character is a ballet dancer, so we can do a black swan thing. And you're supposed to go. That looks like Black Swan, which I didn't watch because I'm not the audience for that. You but over, I recognize the poster.
0: You overestimated your audience in watching, having watched Black Swan. Uh, these movies are awful, and I'm glad. I'm glad they're like. There's not a place fit for them, even in streaming culture and desperate television. This doesn't happen anymore. These movies don't exist.
3: It's great.
2: Yeah, no, you you can do any scene of this is as a sketch on a sketch show mm-hmm. and you don't need to bother making a whole fucking movie.
3: They're or not good sketches. Just,
2: they're there not even good sketches, um, but you million know, put better them on sketches
3: YouTube. on YouTube by Joe Bo and his friend who make videos every three months. Okay.
2: Yep. Ugh, yep.
0: Unrecommended. Um, yep.
2: Fuck this. I appreciate at least even the directors that fuck this movie.
0: So, <laughs> and, and, and Malcolm
2: D. Lee, who did, like, Girls Trip and Best Man Holiday, so.
0: And the next He's movie okay. I have an odd relationship with, it's back to baseball. I do have a sect of my family that is utterly, absolutely obsessed with all things baseball. And when we all get together for the holidays, it's sort of this rule we put on traditional movies. And I don't think I've ever watched all of this. It's just been on, like, on my own personal family HBO in the background and I've never loved it, and I didn't get a chance. I was trying to readdress that this week, but it's, I don't love it, but it's not in the scary movie category. It's just in the more like, that's a little formulaic, uh, but yeah. ultimately pretty respectful. Uh, John C. McGinley, Lucas Black, Alan Tudix, uh, Toby Huss, one of my favorite actors full time, uh, Andre Holland, uh, Nicole uh, Barreri, uh, Christopher Maloney, Chadwick Boseman.
2: All ah. mm. uh, right, Pete.
0: Love that guy. Harrison Ford, number one at the box office. It's 42. The world's not so simple anymore. We ignored it. Now we can't. Jackie Robinson, a black man in white baseball. You don't belong here, and you never will. I'm not going
1: anywhere. I'm right here.
2: Well, not the only one with something at stake here. You give me a uniform. I won't let them down.
0: 42, the true story of an American legend. Rated PG-13. Boom.
2: All right. So I was, uh, yeah, I thought this is going to be so formulaic and so in love with baseball and we conquered racism and now everything is great and for the first little chunk of the movie the music is so inspiring and it really feels like it's going there and then it takes a turn and I really appreciated it in the end of the story we know where it's gonna go it does feel very formulaic but it's done really well in an underlining the idea of to be the first black player in quote-unquote white baseball you're gonna have to endure So much more than anyone should.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm.
2: Just to barely scrape by. Like you, the idea that, yeah, to be a black person to get ahead, you have to work twice as hard to get half as far. That you, it's your job to educate the people around you by being better as a person. And that that's not fucking fair. It got that. It fucking nailed that. Yeah, it doesn't. I, did not expect that i really thought it would be like and then everyone came together in peace and brotherhood and it's like no he has to endure so much bullshit
1: Mm
3: -hmm. yeah i really actually like this movie i went in uh you know i know the story the basics Mm -hmm. but i'm not a sports fan and uh i thought it handled it very well harrison ford was a surprise for me this is the first time in his entire acting career that Harrison Ford has played a real life person.
2: Wow. Gosh. Not even thought on a of that. Mosquito Coast. Oh. No. <laughs> yeah. This is the first time I've seen him do character actor business. Mm. It's a character actor part. You know, he's yeah. actually doing yeah. a thing. And sometimes it feels like he's throwing it on a little thick,
3: but a little bit. But I thought it worked it. for the movie. You know, uh, mm-hmm. this was also interesting for me because he's very much playing a religious person who religion is a central part of his belief and it's why he's doing this there's one mm-hmm. line when he says you know uh, there, this other manager is saying we're we're not gonna let uh you play with us because you have a black player and he says you know someday when you meet god are you prepared to tell him you hate black people
2: mm-hmm.
3: something like that And it was handled well. It wasn't overly preachy about religion, but it captured Mm -hmm. the mindset well.
2: Yeah, and I also don't make him the perfect saint of he's doing this for the betterment of society. He's like, I run the Brooklyn Dodgers. We have black fans. Mm
1: -hmm. We Mm
2: -hmm. wanna win. Why wouldn't we have the best players we can get? It's about money.
1: Yeah. Like, thank
2: you. Yes, that is, that should, that should be a, a thing. So yeah. So Chadwick Boseman RIP god damn it he's so, he's so good. It's it's, it's his big so break, unfair.
0: breakthrough and because when you look yeah. at the amount of movies he's in half of them he's playing T'Challa. <laughs> seriously yeah. it's like it's almost mm-hmm. 50/50. And uh he had one movie before this and a lot of TV credits but like uh yeah he did and he did not get to spend enough time on this fucking planet and it just seems no. Never yeah. ceases and, and to he, feel cruel.
2: Yeah, I think he nails it in that he has to be, you know, very restrained and very dignified because if he loses his cool, it's like bad for everybody. And again, they underline and that's not fair that he has this burden on him. And I also another thing I really appreciate, it does not oversimplify things of like the South is racist and the North is okay because he takes his worst abuse in Philadelphia, which I apologize for. But that is based on truth. Alan Tudick says the N-word in this movie more than what? I have ever heard the N-word in a movie before. Wash? What the fuck? King Candy? He yeah. keeps... Going. I actually went to look up, could I find out what movie has the N-word in it the most? Friday, Boys in the Hood, maybe. Uh, I, I don't know, Harlem Nights.
0: Cat Williams special. All,
2: yeah, all I could find <laughs> were articles about, why does Quentin Tarantino use the N-word so much? <laughs> I think this movie has more N-words in it than his entire and that, film. Obviously.
0: That's what I remember reading about it. It wasn't one of those sugar-coating period pieces. It was a, mm-hmm. a little more honest than Hollywood fare of this type had been. Uh, where, yep. where not everybody's like, you know what, Jackie? I was being racist. Let's be friends <laughs> at the end. You've <laughs> been an
2: accidental racist this whole time. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to stop wearing this Skinner shirt. <laughs> yeah no there's plenty of people it's like no i'm just just i'm racist what's so what yeah i ain't come, no racist like everyone's acting like
3: one in my hometown is it ain't no crime in yeah. hayden
2: yeah and then some of them are like well i don't like black people but he's on my team so i like him and then it's like well now you're now you're trying to fuck up my whole team so we're we're I'm on his side. Not that I like him. Not that I like any black people, but I'm on his side, at least, Ugh. on this one. Yeah, it got into a lot more of those gray areas. I was really expecting an after-school special, and I was so pleasantly surprised by 42.
0: Yeah, that's what I Probably can't mean. be
2: shown in schools in Florida, because <laughs> Florida looks racist as fuck in I this movie. I don't
0: feel guilty. Yeah, funny you should mention that. Uh, it was shot. My family are such fans of baseball and Jackie Robinson, They are at some of the games in the film, because it was a shot a couple, like an hour or two north of my hometown, Um, some of the scenes. It's a lot of shots in the real south. It's still taking a risk. It's shooting in Macon, Georgia.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep, I hadn't thought about it. Oh, yeah, that's where a lot of spring training is in Florida, which Mm -hmm. is segregated at the time. Mm -hmm. Not that fucking long ago. No. About, what, 75 years ago? Yeah
0: cool it or desantis uh-huh. is going to shut us down diana
2: please just <laughs> just build the wall that's what the wall needs to try to fight Sorry. uncle mickey
0: man nope nobody's safe in florida
2: oh my god this is the dumbest thing anyone's ever done
0: but yeah the reviews no the, way. the reviews of it were like it, it does fall into formulaic trapping some of them but like a lot of it's handled very delicately
3: and uh honestly which most people weren't expecting I was just wondering, is this the film that made Chadwick a star? Because yes. I really feel like this is his breakout role. I know he did stuff before this. And, of course, in popular culture, he's always going to be uh, Black Panther. But this is where he really takes off. He's in off, one right?
0: movie before this called The Kill Hole that I've never <laughs> heard of. And then it's a lot of t- like single-episode TV credits. So I imagine yeah. he had... Not a Jackie Robinson esque uh, course, but like it was probably tough to get this fucking role, like uh, mm-hmm. for someone of, of his career, someone that's oh, that yeah. of his career.
2: I'm I'm sure, and it had been kicking around for quite a while. People trying to it was make supposed It supposed to be Robinson Denzel.
0: Maybe.
2: It was supposed to be Spike Lee and Denzel, uh, which would have been very very interesting. Depending on when you catch Spike Lee and what style he wants to do it in, that could be amazing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then for a while, it was Robert Redford. There he is again. He was a going natural. to produce, and then he was going to play the the Harrison Ford role. Oh. And yeah, just kicked around some more until it got to uh, Brian Helgeland, who did well, well. We talked about Payback. He co-wrote L.A. Confidential. He's had a very odd career, all over the place. And yeah, nails it. I, I was yeah, so surprised. And then next year, um, uh, Chadwick Boseman does uh, Get On Up, which is. Not a great movie, but a fucking great performance. (laughs)
0: Yes,
2: (laughs) and yeah, then we're off and running, man.
0: Yeah. Well, I. Oh,
2: in Draft Day, I forgot he's in Draft Day. Wow.
0: And I forgot uh, Draft Day exists. Well, forty-two. Is that a recommend from you guys? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Awesome. All right.
2: Oh, it was. It was. But expectations were low, and then they were completely exceeded. Yeah.
0: Hell yeah! All right. Um, and then moving on to television of twenty thirteen. What is it the, the April 7th through the 13th NCAA March Madness finals it concludes with Louisville beating Michigan Suck it Wolverines I did it I got it I, I don't know the Louisville <laughs> but I yeah fuck it fucking Wolverines
2: Yeah you don't you don't know Louisville's mascot
0: Sluggers No what That
2: would be pretty good
0: Is it the, the, <laughs> the,
2: the, the It's it's a it's a Cardinal but what there's so many sluggers would be good yeah sluggers would be
0: much better maybe not for basketball i've still got baseball in the brain
2: fighting joe fans (laughs) and
0: uh man i meant to look some of this up a little earlier sorry i'm behind spartacus finally ends on
3: stars uh yeah i i tried to get into this. Oh, it's fucking terrible.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's
3: the thing. Rome from HBO is one of my favorite TV series of all time. I love it. It's fantastic. And I was like, yay! Ancient Rome! And I watched this, and it's the CGI is atrocious. Mm -hmm. They use it every three minutes to have this blood spurt out that's just a ridiculous, stupid looking, not artistic not interesting amount of blood it looks like <laughs> it, it basically looks like a 13 year old youtube video where he's making his first movie and he's adding the blood filter to everything
0: i i remember <laughs> uh you know i didn't have stars and our boss did and he's like spartacus how was it And he's like he walks through the seasons I'm like what He walks through every season. Like, that's what they use their CG. I'm like, so this isn't Rome. He's like, no, this is going for 300 all the way. Mm, And and, and, and again, my my personal relationship with it, uh, I forget how I got contracted to do it, but uh, I I had to do a profile on Andy Whitfield. And Mm -hmm. I met him alone in Comic-Con having just seemingly beat lymphoma, but like, the show loses its Spartacus and yep. has to try and find ways to con- continue on. It's just so, tr- and he was such a nice guy, uh, just a really, really nice guy in good spirits. And like, you know, I don't even know personally a lot of people who died, let alone like have spent drinks and dinner alone with someone like that. So it always bums me out to uh, see about Spartacus uh, coming up in thirty twenty ten. But this is the last time, yeah. or is there a prequel this coming? Is-
2: no, I think this is it. I think the last season is subtitled War of the Damned and we're going to get this, the slave uprising that mm. we've been... No one is coming from history slash Kubrick movies. <laughs> and oh. uh, I don't know how it ends. I, yeah, I, I saw little bits and pieces of um, of Spartacus, I think the first season, Blood and Sand. And yeah, I it was... <laughs> it, it, there's something soap opera e, but with like full frontal male nudity <laughs> it's Like, okay yeah,
0: there is we're something... gonna
2: do just lots of trashy sex and violence but act like it's fancy because they're romans there's so sure. something
0: so inherently dirty about stars original programming it's almost respectable yeah. um yeah. also out this week an episode you might not remember because i know i don't community no? intro to felt surrogacy i meant to get to this the puppet
3: <laughs> episode This is, to me, the best example of the wasted potential of the gas leak years. Mm -hmm. Uh, The community gang turns into felt puppets. They become, you know, Mm -hmm. Muppet characters. Okay, you know, the musical episode of Buffy is one of the greatest episodes of all time. The angel episode where they turn into puppets is amazing. This episode is just nothing. It's like... I was going to say
0: the best Christmas episode of anything in the last fifteen years is Abed's uncontrollable Christmas, where
3: the that too,
1: game you know, turns you, into
3: stop motion puppets. A lot of TV shows have this one episode where they change things up, different format, different style, swing for the fences, and they can't pull it off. They do not have the magic to pull it off in this season.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've always...
3: Oh, still. Uh, this is the last episode of season four with Ch- Chevy Chase.
1: Really? Who does not
3: appear on screen. He just provides a voiceover because he right. didn't want to see anyone or be around anyone. <laughs> and he dies He dies yeah. off screen. That's right. Um, and then
0: finally this week, we have the Mad Men season six premiere, The Doorway. Ooh,
1: Try- yeah.
0: Trying to ask me to like, I cannot. Mad Men is all just one big run for me. Thanks to Netflix and Blu-ray at the time, mm. I can never distinguish it, what happens. I, episode. I was episode. watching
2: week to week, and it's that way for me. It's yeah. like one epic film. That is this goes the one with the, yeah. is is the, one with episode, the moping? hours.
3: <laughs> yeah, I I watched it along in real time. You know, as soon as the new episode came on, I watched it instantly. For me, this is one of the really great television shows. Uh, For some listeners may know, I did a podcast on The Sopranos and we always talk. Maybe afterwards we do Mad Men because it's that dense and things are getting big, y'all. It's 1968, Mm. the bloodiest Mm. year for the Vietnam War, the assassination of Robert Kennedy, the assassination of Martin Luther King and the election of Nixon. You know, a lot of stuff is happening this year. And Mad Men tackles it with such maturity because it's not like, gosh, our main character just happened to be standing next to Dr. King. You know, (laughs) they are responding to it the way people of their background and education and environment would respond to it. And they handle it deftly. This this episode opens uh, with Don having an affair with his neighbors. And his neighbor is trying to be the first person to do a heart transplant. What? Mm. Why would you go pounding that person? (laughs) Because it's Don Draper. That's what he does. Yeah, it's
2: true. Yeah, He's got his his hot French Canadian soap opera wife at home. Doesn't fucking matter. Mm. Doesn't fucking matter.
0: Or whatever your name is. Because
2: he will never be happy.
0: Uh man and then to conclude almost the end of the show 2013 video games Age of Empires 2 HD edition for PC was this was this botched somehow or is that just I'm No a no precedent. this is
3: the version most people like mm. uh you know Age of Empires 2 is that weird game you know I'm I I to think of other games from the 1990s that have an intense player base today yeah I like uh, Super Mario World, but I don't feel like it has the intense player base Mm -hmm. that Age of Empires 2 still has. It's true. It is true.
0: I remember my uh, southern mechanic friend dragging his parents' PC over to a friend's house because, gotta play Age of Empires, man. It had such an odd fan base. And then uh, a game, I don't know what to say about this game, Guacamele is out on PSN and PS Vita.
2: Well, it, I love that title so much. Yeah, and it,
0: it like, I played it once, and I, I was, like, charmed, I'm like, eh, this it sort of overstays its welcome, and it, it felt like this cool Vita exclusive, and that's where I played it, and then it just released on everything in various editions, and just felt like, this is overstaying its welcome, this one single game that I, I somehow own on every platform through, like, $3 sales, uh, but I was it charmed the pants off of me 10 years ago. Uh, uh Interesting, <laughs> luchador-focused Metroidvania uh, game with a ton of charm and humor. Uh, well, that almost concludes our show. Uh, we have, we're have we going to tell you who died during this period and have a little quiz you can play along with about who was born. But we got to get some plugs out. Patreon.com slash later time. Tune in for our War Games episode. we got a real special episode of the Patreon coming up. exclusive that none of you guys even know about. Uh, that I cannot wait to do and I hope doesn't stretch into like two hour two hour territory something like these things sometimes take a while to arrange but uh finally pulling something off for the patreon um and uh yeah I got a war 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 games war games is a movie uh that was not in my let's say lexicon and I turned it on I'm like this is much better than I thought it was this is a very <laughs> good movie uh, yeah yeah, I thought, I thought it was wackety-schmackety teen stuff. Very, very good. Uh, I'm very glad JR forced that upon me, because I, mm-hmm. I don't think I would have turned on War Games again, because
3: I think I got it confused with, like, Project X and Daryl. Uh, Big <laughs> recommend and still oddly relevant today.
1: Yep. Yep.
3: It, absurd. I couldn't believe that
0: opening. God. Uh patreon.com slash laser time. Give us five bucks. You can find out what we're talking about uh love you guys thank you for your support die working, folks find you
2: they can find me on the twitter at listening nerd l-e-c-i-n-e or follow the show wait did i spell it right? l-e-c-i-n-e-n-e-r-d yeah. or follow the show at 302010podcast at 302010podcast coming up next week what do we want to talk about Ugh. um <laughs> how about tom cruise lightly remaking moon oh Mm -hmm. yes yeah Mm -hmm. um oh shia labeouf's gonna go digging
0: i've i I thought i was getting a different movie when i watched that
2: yeah i know i'm sorry i didn't i didn't mention uh, i I didn't
0: mention it but like in terms of this 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 show had some movies that like a simple google search is not going to suffice i want to see if i'm alone in this i searched anger management normally i'll put in movie no date i just wanted to see and the first like 10 google results were like actual anger management counselors agencies like is that tailored to me this (laughs) is that (laughs) what does your google search give you in anger management because it does not it does not deliver the movie or the show in like the top eight ten results
3: i don't know Chris, I have zero oh my anger management that are real. All of them are the show and movie, So I,
0: I don't have <laughs> anger management problems. I have sad boy issues. Sad boy management <laughs> issues. I, I,
2: what the hell? Well, well, we're going to talk about sad boy management issues because uh, Johnny Depp's going to do a Charlie Chaplin impression for us all. Hey,
3: <laughs> Wonderful. And uh, what, Jamie, uh, Jamie Kennedy's also, directorial debut? <laughs> we also are going to see Major Dad give the order to sign off.
2: No. Oh. Oh, no, Major oh, Dad. we
3: will see... You seem so we happy. We will see Parks and Rex Jerry, retiring. Oh. <laughs> and in video games, Among Us, There Will Be Gods. Oh, okay. Mm.
0: Um, okay, okay. Well, uh, yeah, and listen to Video Game Apocalypse this week. I don't know for sure, but I think we're talking... Something in the new releases got us thinking about mechanics even that are like 10 years old that are completely dead. And we're going to try and explore some of those as well as some, you know, current news and stuff we've been playing. Vids Game Apocalypse every Friday. Um, Die Who Died.
2: Wow. We, we lost a whole bunch and a, a lot of them are pioneers this week. In 1993 is when we lost opera singer Marian Anderson, who was 96. Uh, she's the first black woman to perform at the met in new york 20 something years earlier the daughters of the american revolution would not let her perform in a building of theirs because she was black and so eleanor roosevelt sponsored a concert at the lincoln memorial and seventy-five thousand people showed up to listen to her sing opera and it's a big deal mm. then in 2003 we lost little eva who is only 59 fuck you cervical cancer mm. she sang locomotion whoa okay Aww. i didn't know the name yeah yeah. And then in 2013, we lost Annette Funicello, who was 70, famous for all the, you know, beach Blanket movies. One person I don't regret out of all of these, Margaret Thatcher, who was 87. <laughs> um, there are few people I hate more like in modern history, really. I, how I despise Margaret Thatcher.
0: I'm pretty sure America's going to run for the money here.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But just, yeah, Margaret Thatcher. I mean, I appreciate she's the first middle class person to become prime minister and she's the first woman and she did it by selling out everyone (laughs) that she should care about and let's talk about two that hurt pretty bad you would Um, have preferred your soros
0: back queen
2: (laughs) yeah whatever sure i don't even yeah look anytime i hear soros i just hear jew yep just say it just say jew
0: that's what you're saying
2: we know what you mean anyway Also, in 2013, we lost another pioneer, Maria Tallchief, who was 88. She's a Native American ballet dancer Hmm. uh, who worked a lot with George Balanchine, who she might have been married to. Uh, There's not a lot of color footage of her dancing, and it is spectacular if you find Hmm. it. The one that hurt me the most, though, in 2013 is when we lost Jonathan Winters, who was 87.
0: Papa Smurf.
2: (laughs) One of the funniest (laughs) motherfuckers who ever lived. Back before there was YouTube... If I needed cheering up, I had uh, two videotapes really? of It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Oh, yeah, And I yeah. would fast forward to the scene where he destroys an entire gas station. Yeah. And it makes me so happy every time. He is one uh, of those people
0: I keep, like, I want to go down the rabbit hole. Because everything I've seen him do is radically different from the other thing that he's done. And yes. and, and he he has a weirdness to him that I don't think I've truly explored. I, I, oh, he was I
1: very weird.
3: learned about him. Uh, what is he? Mork's son? On
1: Mork- yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. He's Mork's
3: elderly son because Mork's age backwards. Yes. What are Morks? Uh, nanu nanu. Right. Uh,
2: Shazbots. Yeah. Shazbots They're from. Yeah. They're from Ork. Yeah, yeah, Mork from
3: Ork. Okay.
2: Yeah. Obviously, I mean robin williams john jonathan williams jonathan winters was robin williams's god he he loved that guy as just an, an improv genius oh that's yeah. why
0: he's in the flintstones movie Is that? <laughs> i'm dragging like all his worst work out yeah
2: why are you doing that sorry don't do it's like you just look him up you know jonathan winters tonight show or like on the muppet show they just yeah. gave him a box of hats and he just goes forever yeah, oh, I
0: love that guy. And I I do think it's odd that he was. I feel like somebody fought a battle to get him cast as Papa Smurf. The kids are gonna love it. <laughs> <laughs> and he was so old. Uh, yeah, he was eighty
2: seven. Well, well, with the all right, death that's a lot of lot way, people dead.
3: Let's get a lot happy. of dead people. Good. But now it's time for the
1: birthday quiz. Oh, birthday is a doodly doodly. Uh,
3: born April tenth. 1952, so turning 71, in Lansing, Michigan, <clears throat> the son of a medical technician and mathematics teacher. His mother was of Irish descent, while his father was Jewish, and his paternal grandparents were Russian Jewish immigrants. Eventually, he gained a Russian citizenship. And was appointed Russia's special envoy to the United States. Steven Seagal. Huh? Damn it! Yes. Wait, no, it isn't. What? No, it isn't. It is. Oh it is. Oh <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. Wow. I was. I, I knew if I named any of his movies, you guess it instantly. Something so to let something. Let me just read the facts about him. Okay.
2: Oh no. Okay. <laughs> That's so big. I was seriously like, wait, we just had Billy Crystal. It can't be him.
3: (laughs) He was a reserve deputy chief in a Louisiana sheriff's office. Ah. Uh At one point, he orchestrated a raid Mm -hmm. against a neighbor suspected of cockfighting. For his reality show. (laughs) For For his reality show, there were 40 SWAT officers, a bomb squad, canine unit, armored vehicles, and and Seagal riding on top of a tank. (laughs) During the raid... They uh, run
2: over the chickens. They
3: run over the chickens (laughs) and killed their 11-month puppy. Wow.
1: Oh. Got some great Uh, footage,
3: though. Yeah. Uh, He was once interviewed by PETA and said that he had a dog... Telepathically warning Seagal that his dojo was on fire, the dog then disappeared and never barked again. Also noted liar. One of my favorite anecdotes. Well, he's
0: uh, banned from SNL. Widely acknowledged to have the worst episode. And the the story Dana Carvey tells, like, yeah, come on, Hans and Franz, and like, you know, beat us up or something, or we're because we're obsessed with Arnold. And they running lines by him, and he just walks off. And, like, what's going on? he's like, Arnold, man, I could just kick his fucking ass. Like, are you taking this seriously? <laughs> that Hans and Franz think Arnold is better than you? Dear God. what? A-
2: yeah. I, again, to, rep- to, to reference another uh, podcast, Behind the Bastards, which has become yes. one of my favorite podcasts. They're, they're, I think they did a series on Steven Seagal and his... Thousands of lies, and they yes. are mm-hmm. fascinating.
3: It is... Someone needs to make a biopic. Oh. Someone... <laughs> if
0: you want you
2: made to, up. Again, no. the funniest
3: thing you can watch
0: on YouTube right now, type in Steven Seagal Russia and look for, like, martial arts tournament. It is <laughs> the funniest fake shit you have ever seen for Russia to, like, fawn over the one American actor who will come over there and, and engage with them. Watching him... Watching these guys literally do double backflips as Seagal, like, almost, like, trips and moves into them. I mean, it's fucking <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> the, the degree his ego needs to be stroked is hysterical.
3: Oh, you, let me get some ego-stroking facts. Oh, In 1997, oh, yeah, he had Penor Riposhi, the supreme head of the Nyungan School of Tibetan Buddhism, announce that Seagal was a Tolku, a reincarnated buddhist master who vowed to take rebirth to help all beings attain enlightenment. Oh my god.
2: Uh, also I believe charged yeah. with
0: a uh, several counts of a uh, sexual assault and oh
2: mm-hmm. uh, tons of uh, me
3: tooing. Yeah.
0: What is it yeah. like uh, oh,
2: uh Jenny McCarthy she she pointed out like uh, he he said, "Oh yeah, come to my hotel room to try out for Under Siege 2. Also you have to get completely naked." And she's like there's no nudity in this movie, and he's like, "No, I need to see how your body moves." And she's like, "Go fuck yourself." It's like that's the best thing Jenny McCarthy ever did in her fucking. Also, life. like
0: forced detainment and kid, some kind of like lighter mm-hmm. version of kidnapping. He's a wonderfully yeah. terrible yeah. person.
3: No, oh, he is. I, again, person. I hate recommending other podcasts. Behind the Bastard Seagal, look it up, and just don't listen to it anywhere you don't mind. Audibly laughing. I I was listening to it on a job and I had to turn it off because my coworkers kept looking at me. It's because yeah. I was cracking and, you know, up.
0: One episode of SNL generated anecdotes from everyone and I j- just heard Bob Odenkirk talk. He kept pitch he wanted one where a psychiatrist doesn't believe a woman has been ra- he just thought it was hilarious to like not believe a woman's <laughs> been raped or something like that. <laughs> And then, like, and Bob Odenkirk is cracking up the one sketch he got through. You ever noticed how no episodes of SNL have seventeen stuntmen? That was his pitch. Like, let me beat up a bunch of people on this comedy show. With so there's a there's one comedy sketch where like he beats up like seventeen people. It's ridiculous. Steven Seagal is a ridiculous human being.
2: He's a horrible person. Uh, I believe he is. Uh, a bigamist. I think he's just married someone else after he hadn't gotten divorced yes. yet. He's 1000 percent has been mopped up this whole time.
0: It's that's there's the like, rumor. There's
2: yeah, he's been just mopped up this whole time. That's like the only plausible explanation for about half the stuff
3: that uh, we, we talked about his first movie. Massive lying. He, to, yes. he, he even, got his start by telling everyone that he was in the CIA. Yep. Yep. And, and that he's Italian. And that he's uh and
0: He goes from martial arts trainer to top lining a movie starring him. There is no transition. He doesn't do any stunt work. He doesn't do anything else. And I think it was on that very podcast, Sean Baby's like, never underestimate like a middle aged man's love for his karate instructor. That could have, that could (laughs) have,
3: that could have happened too. All right, so real quick movies of his oh, we've t- talked about. Above the Law, Hard to Kill, Mark for Death, Out for Justice, Under Siege, Executive Decision, The Glimmer Man, Fire Down Below, My Giant, The Patriot, Prince of Central Park, Exit Wounds, Ticker, and Half Past Dead.
1: Bleck.
3: Bleck. God, I,
0: I hope we're not doing this show in another 10 years because the shit we'll have to talk about that he's been in. <laughs> God awful. He's been in two movies financed by China with Mike Tyson as his partner. <laughs> Comment. I believe
3: he's made two movies since we've started this podcast. It's probably true. <laughs>
1: probably true.
2: Oh,
3: God. Steven Seagal
0: sucks. Uh, I love talking about it.
2: What a piece of shit. You suck, Steven Seagal. We have- You're, you're second we... only to Thatcher for me.
3: Steven, go ahead. Cancel your Patreon. We don't need
0: it. We, we had in the barrel. Sam and I were going to do a show that was- all about Seagull movies from the absolute best to the absolute worst and the more oh. i looked into it it's like i don't want to have anything to do with this person uh if
3: anybody well, makes a purchase Under siege is the only barely good Seagull movie and it's only barely acceptable 30 years later and it's yeah. it doesn't contain
0: the line i'm going to take you to the bank center the blood bank <laughs> <laughs> god he's, he's so such a silly man yeah. um, Oh. Yeah. anyway uh, thank you so much for listening patreon.com slash later time got some big stuff coming for you very soon hopefully a new sip- sick of star wars uh, to gel with our 1983 80s uh, movie roundup wanted to talk about a brand new movie uh, need to reach out to someone for that because oh man I saw something I love that I really want the world to go never mind uh, but yeah patreon.com slash later time listen to video game apocalypse uh, what are we closing out with this week guys?
2: Nah, let's close out with some Fallout Boy. Why not? It, it made the charts. It sounds very to- 2013 to me. So.
0: Hell yeah. Fallout Boy's taking us out. Tell everyone about the show. Patreon.com to last time. We'll see you next week.
1: Bye.